Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future of Health with Providence. I'm your host, Mary Yernoff, bringing you the latest in healthcare trends and news each week. But this week, we're doing things a little bit differently. You're listening to a special episode where we brought together over a dozen influencers, celebrities, and artists to discuss a very important topic that connects us all, social media. Normally, when we talk about future of health, we discuss things like advancements in medical care, clinical innovations and trials, robotic surgeries, even cool things like implants that track your heart condition or detect insulin deficiencies in diabetics. But technology and innovation in healthcare also comes in the form of apps, mobile technology, and even social media. New platforms emerge all the time, and these constant attention pools in our lives have impacts on our overall health and wellness. They can be good impacts, like using a medication app or wearable technology synced with an app that tracks our heart rate or our sleep patterns and our workouts. But sometimes it's a negative impact. But sometimes it can be negative when it impacts our mental health, our ability to sleep, which is often the case with social media. We all know social media is a major part of our everyday life now. It's pictures of our kids and pets. It's our vacations and fancy cars. But does it always capture our real life every day? What about the unfiltered posts that don't make the highlights? Does it show the sad days, the times we don't have money to pay the bills, the days we're less than beautiful or we at least feel less than beautiful? There are benefits to social media, but there are also challenges to the pressure of living in a social world. That's why we're talking today to athletes, entertainers, social media stars, and even some clinical experts to discuss the pros and cons and how we can all better manage the impacts of social media in our lives. If you have questions for our guests, please share them with us on social media using the hashtag Future of Health, and we can be found on Twitter at PSJH and on Facebook under Providence St. Joseph Health. Again, use the hashtag Future of Health and we'll be on the lookout. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. All right, let's get started with our first guests. Well, today I'm joined by Barbie Blake, former WWE diva known as Kelly Kelly, as well as a model, actress, reality TV star. Apparently, she doesn't have enough to do in her life, um, but someone who definitely has a lot of experience being in the public eyes. And we've been talking about social media with a lot of our guests today, and I really just wanted to get a chance to kind of get your take on it as an influencer. What does it feel like to have your entire life out there every day by thousands and millions of followers all at one time? Um, you know, it's it's there's definitely a lot, a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, you know, I've been doing this for, I've been on, you know, in the public eye since I was 19 years old and kind of thrown into the spotlight and thrown into kind of having to grow up in front of the world and yeah. social media came, you know, so I started in 2006, social media, like Twitter kind of started up probably a few, a few years later in 2009 mm-hmm. and Um, I really had to endure a lot of, um, a lot of stuff on social media and and bullying and, you know, a lot of people criticizing and saying things. And so I early on kind of dealt with it. So being an influencer and, and, you know, I, it kind of taught me things how to prepare me to be an influencer, I guess you would say. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, you have a ton of fans who say amazing things. I mean, I was going through your feed last yeah, night, actually. No, and they, yeah. Fans, yeah. They yeah, love no, you. They love every outfit. They, they love every yeah. dog picture. <laughs> but, you know, there's definitely haters and trolls out there. And you kind of just, you know, mm-hmm. referenced it. Do you have a strategy? So when you do a post, you say, okay, this is the level in which I'm willing to engage with people or I'm just not going to engage. I mean, how do you handle the negativity? Um, I just, like I said, I think, um, I was thrown into it so early at mm-hmm. such an early age and I learned quickly to just ignore them or delete the comments mm-hmm. and just not think, give it one second thought, because that's honestly what they want is yeah. to get a reaction and for you to say something back and you're like, Oh my gosh, I got their attention. And that's really all they want. And yeah. I just don't give it to them. And I think now 
I think that's why I don't have, I know a lot of girlfriends that I talk to who are influencers and they're like, oh my gosh, like, how do you deal with it? And I just think I just don't pay any attention to it. Mm -hmm. And I think they've kind of gone away in a sense. I mean, there'll be a few here and there, but it's definitely not as bad as it was 10 years ago. Well, if you don't feed the beast, they have no reason to be there, right? Exactly. Exactly. What is a daily uh, social media life look like for you? Do you post every single day and do you post across the different platforms? Yeah. So I try, especially on Instagram, um, you know, I work with a lot of brands and fashion brands and uh, stuff like that. So I have a set schedule kind of, um, I have some, I have a guy that I've been working with forever. He's like amazing. He does, we do, he does my shoots, he does my hair, my makeup. Like he's been working with me for like five years and just amazing. And, um, so we have like strategies for the week. Okay. We're going to post, you know, this, 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 and, uh, kind of this time today. And mm-hmm. yeah, so there's like a whole, people don't really, and people don't get it sometimes. <laughs> like if you're not an influencer, you don't, you know, it's hard to understand, uh, but there's a whole science that goes behind it. There's a whole strategy yeah. and, um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of different things that go into posting and doing all that. The time of day, the which piece per platform, is it going to be a story or is it going to be a post? Am I going to comment the first with a hashtag? I mean, it's, it's never, cha- <laughs> it's never easy. It's always changing. And then you think you've mastered it and the algorithm changes, or you think you've mastered Instagram and up comes TikTok, right? Like what, how do you even keep up on things? <laughs> I know. And well, it's always evolving. And that's the, you know, the beauty of and the beast of social media. There's always something But you know, if you have a following and, and this is kind of how you're branding yourself and this is how, you know, your income or this is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of your job, you know, and I kind of look at it not, you know, I love, you know, my fans and I love every, and I've just been able to build kind of a, the, this brand with social media and mm-hmm. it's been so good to me. Um, and so I, I honestly don't mind, you know, the new stuff coming along. Like I like staying with, you know, whatever's new and, and staying up with it. So, um, yeah, it's just always going to be evolving. There's always going to be something. All power to you. All power to you. Well, <laughs> you know, you are an influencer and you, you know, you were a professional athlete and a celebrity. And, and what I've noticed over time is that social has really evolved the way that brands and, and partners work with people, especially influencers, because it used to be like, how good were you at showing up at a public event or how popular were you? Right. But now it's how many followers you have and how many likes, like how has it really changed from an endorsement perspective over the years for you? Um, you know, it's been, it's so crazy because that's where all my endorsements are coming is from my Instagram. And, Mm -hmm. um, in the last two years, I've just really built up my content, um, to, you know, appeal to these brands. And I think, you know, they've caught on to it. And so I signed with Fashion Nova. I signed with Pretty Little Thing. Mm -hmm. I work with this other company called Adore Me, Revolve. Um, and now working with like, you know, uh, fitness stuff and, it's just, it's been great. Um, so yeah, social media has just really helped with all my, yeah, with yeah. getting, you know, all these endorsements and stuff. That's where, that's where they come from. Well, do you think social media, I mean, the thing is, is there's positive and negatives, right? And and you yeah. were saying, you know, some people find it a little bit harder, but do you think that social media is a little harder for women because people tend to be more critical of women, especially around their body image? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's definitely something like, that I kind of struggle with um, as far as like, is this too, and especially because I'm trying to appeal to, you know, younger, cause it's hard. It's like, you're trying to, you have 12 year olds who are one. So mm-hmm. it's like, 
is this post overly sexy? Like, I still want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, come off as this, you know, because I've built up this brand and I'm trying to keep this image. And so I don't want to come off, you know, so there's certain things that you have to just know going, are you going to get criticized for this post? Um, I think that's a hundred percent guaranteed, no matter what you post, yeah. somebody's going to criticize and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and especially we as women do. And cause you have men criticize like saying mm-hmm. mean stuff or you have women, you know, and it's just like, Oh my gosh. Uh, but I think definitely as a woman, you get criticized more for sure. <laughs> for sure. Do you think things though, like the, the me too movement, which was a hundred percent started in social and pretty much driven through social is making a difference in that space? Um, yeah, I definitely, you know, the when the Me Too movement started, I definitely think it got people talking. I think it definitely um, got women to come out and, and out of the shadows and really, you know, tell their stories. And I think social media definitely had a big part in that. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think, you know, what we as women have been able to, you know, shed light to and, and this, you know, movement and I've just fully supported it. I've never, you know, obviously in my career, I've never experienced any of that, but um, I just, you know, I know women who have, and I'm just, it's so amazing for them to come out and tell their stories. And so. Do you ever, um, do you ever go to social and just start a conversation someday just to see what people are thinking or like, do you use social kind of to make decisions about maybe what you're going to wear to an event or anything like that? Yeah, I love doing, you know, what I love doing is like a live or I love doing the Q&As, the question and answers mm-hmm. with the fans and getting kind of, you know, getting instead of like people just seeing my pictures and being like, okay, we see our picture again, we see, our, you know, like I want people to see my personality and I want people to see another side of me. So um, I love interacting and I love um getting people's opinions yeah I just did the that the other night for a Halloween costume you know which one and uh I think I wore the yeah I definitely I wore the one that got the most votes (laughs) so I like I like interacting and and doing stuff like that it's you know because I think it's super important too with your social media to you know not just be a pretty face posting pictures I think it's very important to interact with people and you know kind of let them in yeah well, you were talking a little bit too about having, you know, even 12 year old girls following you. How do you kind of handle the fact that you're a little bit of a role model, right? Like, are you, are you looking at the yeah. conversations and trying to help them if they ask questions? Cause I can manage, manage little yeah. girls probably ask you questions all the time. Like, am I too old, young to date? Should I get my ears pierced? Do you see that a lot? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, um, especially, um, with young girls and it's, their uh, it's a lot more now than I've ever seen. It's like, you know, they really want to mock kind of our pictures or our posts or mm-hmm. what we're doing and in the clothes and it's, you know, and they're so young. And this has mm-hmm. been, this has been a conversation that I talked to actually with Lillian Garcia, her podcast the other day. And, you know, she's like, how do you, you know, there's so many girls that look up to you and it's, just, you know, so it gets, you know, you got to really be self-conscious of and knowing that. And, um, I try to reach out to the young, you know, my young girl fans as much as possible, especially when I do um, signings and mm-hmm. I have them come up and they're like, oh, my gosh, I love you. And I want to be just like you. And I grow up and it's the biggest compliment. I mean, it just is the most amazing feeling to know that. And yeah. so any way possible, if, I, you know, someone is in my DMs and she, you know, is asking me a question, I definitely try to get back to them and, and just, you know, talk to them and give them advice and 
That's yeah. amazing. So I'm pretty hands-on with, with, you know, fans. And Well, I love that you do use social for good. And I know you actually use social too to fundraise for cancer research as well, right? Yeah. 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 We, um, when my dad was passing away about two years ago, uh, there was this, what he passed away of was a very rare brain cancer mm-hmm. um, called glioblastoma. And, you know, I had no idea about it. I didn't, you know, until he was passing. And so it's something that I really want to raise awareness to. And, um, you know, it's just such an unknown cancer. And this doctor approached me um, and he's been doing research on it for 20 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was like, I would love for you to be a co-founder. And our, you know, so our charity, our nonprofit is called Cureglioblastoma. And we're raising money to fund these families who, because it's a very I mean, to go through with, you know, so any way possible we can support these families and, and bring awareness to it. Um, you know, I, that's what I want to do. I, you know, forever. I just want to, yeah. it's such a, it's a something that I'm so passionate about. And um, I really am excited to um, be a part of Using using your influence for good is, is such a beautiful thing, and I, I wish more people did it. But are there any women mm-hmm. out there that you follow who you think are really nailing it? Like, who who's inspiring? Who uses social for good? Who do you make sure that you you check their feed every day? Um, you know who's a big one is that is her name's Emily Ratajkowski, mm-hmm. and um, she was like you know a model, and she was you know kind of known for like her sexiness or whatever and then she's really used it for like a like she's so pro woman she's very female and, like, empowerment goes, yeah mm-hmm. yeah female empowerment she goes to these rallies and she goes and um she goes to you know all these things and she's standing out there with signs and she's you know i just think she's amazing i think and her posts you know i think she really uses them for good and i love seeing you know and i just think she's great i think she's beautiful and i really just admire her and yeah well everybody's so. going to go follow her now so that's great <laughs> we have time for well, she has 24 million followers <laughs> oh my goodness just 24 i mean talk to me yeah, when she has 25 right <laughs> i mean well my my last good. question for you i guess is you know if you could give people listening one tip about social media what would it be right like uh, the amount of time you spend the amount of time you engage what how you deal with the negativity what's the one thing you would want people to take away um like i think social media is is very you just have to know what it is going into it and mm-hmm. know um that you have um whether you have fans or not people are watching mm-hmm. and people are looking at what you do and I think for me, it's very important to show um, everyone that I, I'm using it for good and that I'm using it to um, empower women and empower um, myself as, a, you know, just going out there and, and promoting good. And um, I, But I think it's also very important to do social media and then take away and, and have your private life to a certain extent, right. which I have learned, too, over the years. Um being too public is, is, you know, I think a lot. So I, I try to find a healthy balance with my social media. Um, I try to, you know, use it for things that I have going on, promoting, um, you know, showing some part of my, you know, my private life, but also keeping parts of my private life private. Right. So very I good think advice. that's very important. Very yeah. good advice. Um, well, uh, where, where should people follow you? Should it, should, which, which handle um, should they look for? Everything is at the Barbie blank. 
the Barbie Blank. Okay, well, everybody's going to go follow you. Well, thank you, Barbie, for joining us today and for being a powerful woman who's enabling a future generation of strong women. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for making the time for us. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Well, today we're joined by Hannah, an actress, comedian, and great content creator who grew up in the public eye and is no no stranger to social media. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How are you guys? We are good. We're so excited to have you. I know um, you did, like I said, you did grow up in the public eye. How do you think social media has been in the last few years? Isn't it kind of like growing up as a famous kid? Yeah, I mean, it's it's no different to the lifestyle that I, I know. But it, it, it's very, it's very, very strange. But it's also so great at the same time. You know, social media has been such a big impact on my career and a lot of my friends' careers, as well as like, you know, just everybody in general. I think it's a good platform to be able to express yourself and be able to do good and to be able to change lives. And that's just ultimately what I want to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just, it's just really wild how how much it's really blown up this year. To be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, part of it is TikTok. I think that's what we've seen the biggest growth in TikTok lately. TikTok is uh-huh. low-key is. Yeah. That's the tea. That's the tea. I tell all my friends, I'm like, yo, do you have a TikTok? You need to make one. I made, <laughs> I grew 500,000 followers in a month. That's crazy. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, what? Like, this is crazy. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, but to be yeah, fair, TikTok. you make really good content and really funny content. Oh, you. you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's worth watching. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, for, for those listening who maybe don't know your story, can you give just a quick summary of your background? Sure. Um, my name is Hannah Giraldo. Uh, I am um, daughter of Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo. I grew up in Malibu, and I lived in Hona, Maui for a while. So I always was traveling because my parents were rock stars. <laughs> so um, I came from that background. Um, I started off uh, kind of getting in the public eye with my uh, t-shirts as well as styling. Oh, right. mm-hmm. So I started styling like famous signers like Lele Pons, Hannah Stocking, Tuan, like all those people I started making clothes for them. So that's how I was first really introduced to this whole video world. Not saying that I've never done it before because as a kid I actually used to make my own like comedy videos on tour because I'd be so bored I didn't know what <laughs> I've to do. I've heard that so before, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would just make my own videos There's not much to do. So I, once I was, like, in my first video, I kind of realized, wait, I could do this. You know what I mean? I, I, I did this. So, like, I, I kind of jumped into it. Just kind of, you know, that's the whole thing about this, this industry is you just kind of have to jump into it. And you have to jump into it full force. And, like, not you can't turn back. You know what I mean? So from there, I kind of grew. And I'm at, like, 700,000-something followers now on Instagram. Amazing. And Verify was awesome. And <laughs> it's just crazy. This year has been absolutely wild. I was on TMZ Daily Mail. It's crazy. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've been talking all day about the fact that uh, that blue check mark or that verification is almost like the validation of life anymore, right? Like it's how you know, know you've made it. I know, and it's so annoying too because like I feel like I, I, I you know, here's the thing about me: if I want it, I'm gonna get it. So like <laughs> I've been trying to be verified for like I'm not even kidding for probably like the past two years, and I just didn't understand why I wouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just makes no sense. Yeah. Ultimately. So once I got it, I was actually pulling out of my driveway, and somebody, one of my fans had commented on my things like, oh, my God, congratulations, Queen, for being verified. And I was like, oh, like, why did they say that? Because I was in my garage, right? So I didn't have service. So I was looking at my profile. There wasn't a check. Oh, no. And I was like, why would, I was like, why would they say that? Like, that's so mean. That's just mean. I pull out. I pull out, and it, I reload it, and there's a check next to my name. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, <laughs> that's a moment. That's a Sorry. moment. <laughs> I don't know if you could swear, but I kind of have like, I, I, I got really fucked up in it. So the F word might come out. So uh, hey, so. you know what? I don't have a filter. I feel you. What's actually, right, it's, cool. it's one of the things I love about the content you guys create is that it's so real and it's so funny and it's just, it's unfiltered. And I have to ask you, you, I know you create most of this content to entertain people and to make them laugh, but there's got to be some haters out there. Like when you put up a new piece of content, do you, are you just prepared for the negativity that's going to come? Yes. Okay. So yeah, haters are, okay. Like my haters, to be honest with you, I, but it's taken me a long time to do this. Like it's taken me a really, really, really long time. I actually was bullied as a kid. I'm an ambassador of Buddha bullying. Right. So I've been bullied my, like I was bullied for like four years in Hawaii really badly. So when haters like come at me now, it's kind of like, I, I, I've gotten to the point where I look at it and I'm like, you know what? I don't really care because the world is so damn big. You know what I mean? It's like, love me or hate me. It's still an obsession. And that's kind of like my quote. I know it's like that song or whatever, but that's like my quote because it's so true. And it's like these haters be coming at like all these people and it just sucks because, you know, me being me, I've I've learned to grow from it, but but I know that it it impacts so many lives of young kids and I hate that. And I just like wish I could stop it. Mm -hmm. And I hate these little trolls that just want to make people feel bad because I honestly feel bad for them. They're probably not happy or something. They have to be unhappy. There's no way that you can be a happy person and be that negative to people you don't even know. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, you, you talked a little bit about growing up kind of in with your parents. How do you look at fame today, right? It's very different. Social media fame is very different than your traditional kind of fame. How do you, how do you handle it? And can you explain it in your family? Like this is what fame is now. It's funny because, yeah, I mean, my, my my parents are so old school, obviously, since, you know what I mean, they grew up in the time where there was no social media. Right. So they don't really get it. Like, they don't get brand deals. They don't get that you can get free stuff. They don't get, like, you know what I mean? Or, like, yeah. for a post. Like, they don't understand it. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely strange. Um, I definitely would say that um, using my platform to kind of, like, be a change and just being, like, a role model to kids mm-hmm. is, like, the best feeling in the world. And my parents, like, they're, they're starting to understand it, you know what I mean? And they were they were a little bit kind of weird, like, I don't know what I would pull out my vlog camera and, like, film, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they're so private. Yeah. But then they kind of, like, adjusted to it, you know what I mean? I kind of filled them in a little bit. <laughs> kind of, like, showed them how to do it. Kind of forced know, them how to stuff. do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Exactly. Well, you know, you, you just mentioned brand partnerships and I think that's something that we, you know, we talk about a lot too, is it used to be, you know, how good of an actress were you? How good of a music artist were you? You know, how good of a sideline reporter were you? Now it's really how much brand reach do you have for the brand in order for them to work with you? So it might not necessarily be the person who's the funniest, but it might be the person who's funny and has enough followers. And how do you kind of handle that? Here's what I say. Here's what I say. I, I look at my page and I'm like, okay, this is my market because I'm, I'm because I know that I could post a photo on my butt and go viral. Okay. Right. I know that, right. but I'm not going to do that because I, first of all, I want to market towards young kids and like, I want to be somebody that like their parents can follow too. Got it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I kind of consider my content like Shrek. So like <laughs> kids think it's funny, but yeah. they don't get, they don't get it. Some of the jokes yeah, yeah. that parents would get that. Are like, oh, that's funny. You know what I mean? So that's a good like analogy. Shrek. Yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? I kind of like to do it like Shrek, you know, in a way that's like, oh, you know, the kids think it's funny because I'm falling or I'm acting stupid or this. But the dialogue is maybe too advanced for them to kind of 
understand. Do you know what I mean? But they still think it's funny. So it's kind of like that hidden kind of, I've managed to kind of hide those like references and stuff that maybe they get, maybe they don't. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? These kids are so grown up now. I like see all these like little us kids like on their iPhones, like literally like more advanced than me. I'm like, how did you do that? They're like, oh, it's just this app. I'm like, what the hell? Like, like, I just built an app. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like, yeah. So I, I think that like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's all about just how you market yourself. You just have to think of like, okay, so what's your brand? You know what I mean? If your brand's like, you know, sexy, go for it. You know, that's your brand. But like my brand is something that's like, I'm a com- I'm comedy and like, I like fashion. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm very kind of like relatable in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I don't want to be too like unrelatable. Like I'm perfect all the time. I wake up looking like I'm made. You know, I just try and show these kids that like, this is a false reality. And there's a thing called Facetune. Right, and right. half of these girls aren't what they look like in person. Like it's 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 sad, but it's like it's so scary, honestly. Like with that app, you know what I mean. I, I wonder if I'd even recognize them in real life. I might probably walk right by them. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I use it. I mean, of course, who doesn't? But it's, I can't make myself look different because I do videos. So it's like, right. you know, it's like oh, <laughs> you, you can't do, you hide know? from video. That is very true. <laughs> you cannot face in a video. That's for sure. <laughs> well, you've you've made a career basically out of being in the social media space. What happens if you want to take a day off? Like, do people panic if they don't hear from you? How do you do that? You know what? I used to get really stressed out and I used to like really kind of like be like so hard on myself. Like, oh my God, I don't have anything to post tomorrow. Like, oh my God, uh, 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 you know what I mean? Stuff like that. But I was like, at the end of the day, like I am human and I I try not to get stressed out because if I get stressed out, it just throws my whole day off. And, and I know that I have to be, you know, if I want to take a day off, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'll 100% do it. Um, my fans don't freak out. They kind of just like know that about me like I'll even say like you know what I mean like I'm even honest with my I'm so honest with my fans I answer like every comment for like an hour <laughs> wow you know what I mean I, I, I want to feel like I want them to feel like they're getting something different than just you know what I mean yeah. I want them to feel like I'm engaging or that they mean mean because they really do mean so much to me so I just like to show them you know just that little bit of time taking your time to just like answer a few comments like makes their day and that is like the best feeling in the world. And I wouldn't change that for anything, you know? Yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah. How do you, how do you practice self-care though? Because you're saying sometimes you'll take a day off. What do you do when you just yeah. need to kind of reality check? You know what? I'll literally just sleep. I'll sleep mm-hmm. and I'll mm-hmm. just like wake up and I'll get like my nails done or I'll go. Well, I'm usually on my phone and my nails. So that's not true. <laughs> I'll like go and I'll just like chill. I'll probably watch Netflix. You know what I mean? I'll order Postmates. I'll just, like, take a chill day. Like, it's, like, so weird. And it, and honestly, it's kind of hard for me because I'm such a workaholic. You know what I mean? I'm always coming up with content. And I'm, like, like my mind's, like, uh, people always are, like, oh, you're like that dog. It's, like, squirrel. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sitting there and I'll be, like, wait, we just did a video. Like, you know, about, like, uh, we just remix Turkey Gang to uh, Gucci Gang by Little Pump. You know, like, uh, like yeah. stupid ass. But it's, like, funny. Like, so I'll just come up with it like that. And, um, but my days off look like just self-care, you know, I like take care of myself. I'll get like a facial massage or like, you know, just, just like, you know, just like meditating. Relax. I try to meditate every yeah. morning. It sounds good. What time should we be over? <laughs> <laughs> right. I just start doing like a full like influencer day. That's amazing. 
I have to ask you this question because, you know, you guys do put out amazing content. How long does it take you to put a video out? Because I don't think people understand. I think they think you do like a 90 second video in, in five minutes, right? Like how long does it I take? I literally think they think I poof it out too. Like I literally think they think I'm like poof. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, if I'm not prepared, like if I'm coming up with it on the spot, it'll take me a little bit longer, which is a little bit more difficult. I try and I try and sit there and I try and come up with an idea. I type it out just to be able to get the right. So it's really important if anybody's trying to do videos and listening um, to be able to have structure, to be able to know exactly what that person said, so that you can say the thing that you need to say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so quick. That's the yeah. worst part about it. It's so fast that you have to make it make sense. So it takes me about an hour like to film it maybe an hour and a half depending on what I'm filming Mm -hmm. and then it takes me about two hours to edit it uh so it takes me about like four hours from the total process of writing it to doing it I've I've now come up with a thing where I'm super fast at editing though like I've now got it down to a science because I'm so so um particular about the script first you know what I mean the, sure. the shot list and all that stuff it's very good to prepare it's way easier I'm already knowing when I'm filming what I'm editing do you know what I mean so it's yeah. easier I'm shooting that way Having it a took plan. me a little bit yeah. of time honestly but before it used to take me so long like before it took me so long I didn't understand like I kind of got pushed into it because my third video ever hit one um ever went viral and which is crazy it hit it hit a million um views and I went up 100,000 followers in a day wow and I was like, because it went on World Star and stuff, and I was like, wait a minute, was that easy? Like, wait, you know what I mean? And I'm like looking at like these people, and I'm like, listen, just do it, just put it out, just put it out, because you never know. Literally, that's the thing. Like, I just put videos out now that I'm like, uh, do I love this video? No. Do I like it? Sure. I'm gonna put it out because honestly, those are the ones that do the best, and I don't know why. And it's so strange, but it's just like. Just put it out. Like, my only advice to people is don't be afraid to do it. Like, right. that's what these people have to say. If people have to hate you in the comments, whatever. More comments. Do you know what I mean? True. Go true. for it. It's actually impacting the like, algorithm, right? So comment away. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Just keep, <laughs> keep commenting because, honestly, you're helping my algorithm. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I don't, take, I don't really take offense to these comments. And I'm not saying that that's normal because most people do. But I've just learned to kind of just. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't really care what these people have to say. It's a you know very I mean? healthy attitude. It's a very healthy it's, attitude. I mean, you know what I mean? Sometimes I have my days where I'm like, oh, you know, or I have my insecurities, you know, of that. But, like, I'm like, whatever. Like, I'm a person. Like, at the end of the day, I mean, I know that y'all ain't perfect commenting mean things to me. So, and sometimes <laughs> I'll answer the comments. This is really weird. I'll, like, respond back to them. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You feel that way. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. So I I'm love like, you. Wait, you're are you amazing. Doing troll? So I'm like, so you're just being mean to troll? Yep. That's so mean. Like, what, what? What? That's so weird. Like, so a lot of these people who are being mean aren't really trying to be mean. They're just trying to get your attention. It's attention seeking. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's a big thing that these kids need to realize too. Is that like a lot of people aren't mean. They're just doing it to get attention. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And well, and weird, we probably should feel sorry for them. Trolling. Yeah, because they probably don't yeah. have anybody to pay attention to them. Yeah. Well, Hannah, um, I have to thank you for your time today because you're, the, like I said, the content you create is amazing and I think people are really going to like to hear your take on this. Before I let you go, though, I have to ask you, what's the handle so people who aren't currently following you can? Oh, yeah. Yeah, follow me. It's at Hannah Geraldo. I'll spell it for you, though, because it's kind of hard. It's <laughs> H-A-N-A 
G as in George, I-R-A-L-D-O. Once again, if you just type in Hana, H-A-N-A-G, it should be the first one that pops up. Because you got the check mark and you're validated. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mary. Take care. All right. Well, joining us on the show now is JC Camarillo, a beauty and lifestyle blogger, and we are so pleased to have you. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Well, I mentioned to you, we've been stalking your Instagram and looking at all of your tutorials and, and feeling kind of bad about ourselves, actually. No, <laughs> that's not my intention. You do my such great work. to show you, teach yeah. you. <laughs> well, you, you do, right? You do these amazing makeup videos and you, you also use your platform for, for other reasons. But when you started doing this, did you think that you were going to have the kind of social success that you have now? No. In fact, when I first started doing makeup, it was just for fun. Um, one of my best friends at the time was kind of exploring into the drag world. Um, he definitely was very feminine, very flamboyant, but had never really um, explored doing drag. So um, once before, someone had done his makeup and drag, and I guess he liked it. So one day he stole a bunch of his mom's makeup, came <laughs> over to my house, and then he said, you know, I feel like dressing up. Do you want to help me do this? And I'm just like, I didn't know what I was doing. And I said, sure. So he looked like absolute crap the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I always say this funny uh, reference. He looked like Lindsay Lohan at her worst, but felt Ooh. like Beyonce. So Ooh. all that mattered is that he <laughs> felt fears. <laughs> hey, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, that's how I started. I had no idea that I would eventually end up to be where I am today. But um, I then realized that makeup was my passion and I started doing more and more and the more I did the more I loved and um that turned into doing like family members makeup and then eventually I started getting booked for weddings and and posting all the before and after pictures on Instagram just honestly um innocently posting them just kind of proud of my work not knowing where posting those pictures would take me or not really expecting anything out of it but just really wanting to share with all my friends and family, my work on Instagram. And that is what really kind of suddenly started getting attention from more and more and more people. So I had no idea that I would be here today. Kind of just happened. That's amazing. I bet you never thought, oh, every time I do a post, hundreds of thousands of people are going to see it. Right. No, I absolutely never thought that I would be at that level. (laughs) Do you ever worry when you do a post? Like, do you ever think, okay, this is the amount of potential negative I'm going to get with my posts and here's how I plan to engage? Or do you kind of just take it post by post? So I definitely went through that phase. Um, A few years ago, I found myself overthinking what I should caption, what I should be posting, how I should behave, um, if I should say something or if I shouldn't. And I kind of realized that that was not, fun anymore for me because Mm -hmm. I was trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be um so as of the last year and a half I proposed to myself to just be myself to just be more honest to just be more unapologetic and because of of that I felt like I have connected with my audience at another level um they first started loving my page because of the work and the talent but then when they started to see the real me, they felt more connected. It was like mm-hmm. a friendship. Sure. And I didn't know where that would take me. But um, luckily, 
it has taken me to a more positive level and connection with my followers. Of course, you always get the naysayers. And I still always get people who randomly come in and call me like um, LGBT words and Mm. they think they offend me by it. But, you know, I've grown thick skin now. Um, I've been doing this for over five years. So I kind of just brush it off. Yeah. I think that's good advice to people. That's what we've been trying to get from people throughout the day is, you know, there's definitely going to be negative comments out there, right? There's going to be haters. There's going to be trolls are going to say things, but how do you really focus on the positive and, and really use your platform for good? And I know you do, you use your platform to talk about gay rights and anti-bullying. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So um, earlier this year, actually earlier last year, I opened up about my experience with bullying and I kind of, it was literally just a random night. I was just laying there and I saw a picture um, of me from high school and and I looked at my current pictures now I'm like wow I've definitely grown I've definitely a different person not only the way I look but the way I feel and who I am spiritually and emotionally and just in general and um, I posted a picture talking about my experience with bullying and um, it got an amazing response so many people can relate to bullying because I feel like sure. Bullying happens in so many um, different settings, um, in school, at home, at work, um, even just out on the streets while you're shopping. People just, you know, the the naysayers um, are around everywhere. So when I opened up about that, I wanted to kind of just spread awareness and just let anybody who was going through bullying at that moment know that if I could tell myself something to my younger self that was going through bullying and did let it consume me Mm -hmm. and, and allowed it to not to 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 hide myself um would be to say that staying strong and staying true to yourself is what's going to make you different throughout the throughout your entire life because trying to be like somebody else that person already exists so i want to hug you right now what beautiful words (laughs) that's what i wish i would i would know sooner but you know i went through what i went through i became a stronger person and I now I stand up for myself and and I stand I even stand up for other people and sometimes that gets me in trouble but you know it's <laughs> it's just my personality I just don't like to see wrongdoings going on whether it's to me or to somebody else. <laughs> I agree with you. Do you, do you struggle sometimes with not even necessarily on your page but when you do see people bullying especially in the social platforms do you want to jump in do you want to type do you try to tell yourself not to or do you kind of just you can't contain yourself sometimes? Yeah, there's actually still to this day, there's still times where I can't, I can't control my emotions, um, particularly when it has to do something that like hits close to home, something mm-hmm. that, you know, I had experienced growing up or, or even if it has to do with animals. Oh, oh I have such right. a soft spot mm-hmm. for animals. Me uh, too. We're kismet. Today, yes. Actually, today I saw a video online um, of a, a camel ride and there was two adults on the camel that were... Um, that were not necessarily like fit or skinny or thin um, and they were a little bit on the heavier larger. side but both of them were mm-hmm. on the camel they were a little larger Aww. and um and the camel you know was going to take them on the ride and he couldn't get up and his Aww. his legs were shivering and and a lot of people post posted like funny comments on there but i was so upset that they would do that to the poor animal because What's animal cruelty yeah poor baby like his joints were shivering and I'm like get the heck off the camel like mm-hmm. get off <laughs> so 
So I had to, I had to calm it. <laughs> so that there's an example of that to this day. Sometimes I can't <laughs> control my emotions. I do have to like comment something and speak up, but I do try to be respectful and I do try to be, um, just kind of just stand up for people, sure. but not put, put down somebody else or another entity, because sometimes you might speak up with someone else, but then you're knocking down somebody else. So it's hard. See, I think you might be a better person than me because I have um, a page for my, my animal rescue and I have a page for my, my mastiffs. And when people say, and this just happened the other day and I was saying it earlier, somebody called my rescue dog Fugly and I was like, well, you're Fuglier. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the most appropriate response, but I was like, that's my baby we're talking about. Take it back. Yeah, what, I have which, a daughter as well. How how are you going to, how are you going to, you know, insult a dog of all people? So I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> How do you, I, mean, I know. I just feel bad because they can't stand up for themselves. So sometimes exactly. we got to do it for them. Exactly. <laughs> well, you said you've, you know, you've kind of been in this game for five years or so. What have you seen as far as like an evolution? I mean, there's always new platforms, right? You've got TikTok coming out right now. But just in yeah. the way that people are using social to, to tell their story, how have you seen that change or how has it changed for you? It has really. I've seen a lot of evolution since I started um, myself when I when I started so there's positive and negative. When I started, people were pursuing social media because they were just kind of doing what they love and posting it. Um, and now people are trying to pursue social media to figure out what they love or mm -hmm. not even what they love, but they're trying to figure out what their followers love so they can feed that to them. And that's where it gets really stressful. I think one of the um, things that I get asked a lot is, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to pursue social media? Even when I go live or even on my own platforms, I get asked that question a lot. And I think the most important thing is after, like you said, seeing the evolution and how everybody is using social media for different reasons nowadays. To me, I still think that social media should be used as a tool to show what your passion is, what you're doing, whether you're baking, whether you're mowing a lawn. Um, for example, me, I, I do makeup. Or even if you are a pet rescue mm -hmm. page, you're doing what you love and you're just sharing that with the world. So do that without expecting anything in return because eventually people will see your passion for what you're doing and they will just want to watch. But nowadays people are trying to find something that everyone else wants to see in order to grow and it's not necessarily always their passion well, that's not you so, it's not authentic it's not authentic it's not you it's not what you love doing so essentially you'll find yourself doing things for everyone else and it's not making you feel happy inside it's not making you feel full it's not making you you know it's not bringing any happiness to your life so yep now it's just I've a job. Seen a lot of evolution. Yeah, mm -hmm. eventually it's just, yep, exactly. And I think that's part of the evolution that I've seen. Um, other than that, I've definitely seen a positive evolution, which is so much more inclusivity. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many men in makeup now that are accepted. There's there's so many different types of, you know, makeup. Now there's kids in makeup, which, I mean, that's a whole nother story. But there's so much inclusivity. And I think that's the beauty of it, that as the years go by, People are more and more accepting. Um, 
I'm just grateful to live in the era where I can be myself, be freely gay, openly gay, Absolutely. Um, wear makeup if I want to, mm -hmm. and not have to worry about my safety or well-being leaving the house, you know? So important. So important. And I, I do think these platforms are so important for things like inclusivity, but mental health in general, I think, you know, the, the good part of social is that we can talk about it. We can use social to, you know, to, to educate and, re and reduce stigma. Yeah, there's Absolutely. definitely the negative, but I think there's more positive. And I think people get so hung up on the negative. What's the most positive thing you've seen outside of just the, the inclusivity? But like, are there any moments where somebody has sent you a message and, and said, your post saved me kind of a thing? Yes. Oh, my God. Those moments are the best. I There's one specific moment that I will always remember for the rest of my life. And it was a man. A strong man, meaning like, you know, uh, a body, oh, a body uh, heavy weight. Yeah. And he had lost um, a leg in, um, I think he was in the military or something along the lines. Um, he was married, but he was gay and he loved to do makeup. And he had sent me a message saying that um seeing me being able to express myself and be who I am and be who I want to be so unapologetically inspired him so much mm. that he ended up wearing makeup for the first time one day and his wife accepted it oh that's amazing yeah his wife was so his wife is accepting of him um his wife is 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 supportive and i just think that when you change someone's life and you encourage them to be themselves of course there's always going to be repercussions to a life-changing moment to, you know for everybody but but all that matters is that you're doing what you love and what makes you happy and if I was able to spark um an interest in someone to pursue that mm -hmm. to pursue themselves and be themselves and, and be happy I feel like I've already done more than what I I even came on social media to do to begin with you I know. love it. I love it. Well, uh, JC, I, I just want to thank you for, for jumping in here and giving us your insights. You, you're so positive. I love what you do. I love that you're giving thank the future you. generation a platform. Um, for those listening who want to follow you, what's your handle? Yeah, everybody can find me on social media as JC Makeup Master. And that's Facebook, um, YouTube, Instagram, um, everywhere. So JC Makeup Master. Awesome. Well, I've already followed you and I've been stalking you for a while now, so we're good. Uh, but everybody thank else you. go follow. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. I have something really big coming very soon, like oh. the biggest project of my life. Oh. So stay tuned, stay on the lookout for announcements. And thank you so much. Thank oh. you for, for inviting me over. <laughs> Absolutely. We're grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Well, another person who's no stranger to some of the hate and negative commentary you often find in social media is UFC star Chuck Liddell. We had a chance to sit down with Chuck recently and talk to him about how he handles social media and how he takes care of his overall mental health and wellness. Here's a few pieces of great advice from that conversation with Chuck. Hi, I'm Chuck Liddell, formerly the UFC light heavyweight champion and uh, Hall of Famer. Criti people criticizing me and, and getting on me, especially nowadays with the internet. I had it with my son. You know, he, had, he was getting real upset about some things people were saying about him on, on some social media thing. I'm like, look, son, if if you're going to let things like that bother you, you need to get off social media. Because for me, if, if, if someone doesn't know me, you've never met me, you've never talked to me, um, we're not friends. I don't care what you think. I, it, I mean, why? You don't know me. You have nothing. You have. Why, why do you have any 
power over me. I, I don't care. I, I could care less what you say. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's so, you know, telling kids, it's, just, it's one of those things. You just, hey, you either learn how to deal with it, you know, and, and people just don't give them that power to affect you. I mean, I don't, if someone's trying, especially when someone's doing it just to be mean, they're just doing it to make, maybe it makes them feel better. I don't know what it, why they're doing it, but they're doing it just to make themselves feel better. Why, why let that affect you? They're doing that just to hurt you. They're doing it. They have a purpose. I'm not letting you win. I, mean, I have a whole thing. I don't like to let you win. If you're trying to make me upset, make me sad, make me hurt, I, I'm not gonna. You, I'm not gonna give you that power over me. I, I take time in the morning uh, to check my mental health, to just remember what I'm happy about, what I, you know, the things that are good in my life, my kids, my my family, and uh, things I have going. I try to go through a few things that are really good in my life. Biggest thing I like to tell teens, I mean, it doesn't matter how much success you've had, where you've been, what you've done, you still, everyone gets down. Everyone has, you know, you have problems. It, it happens, you know, you, you know, reach out, have someone help you learn how to deal with your problems. It's, it's about learning how, it's not, you're not going to ever not have problems. Everybody has problems. You reach out and find ways to handle it yourself. You know, it's the same with, I have with, you know, drugs, you know, like uh, my mom said a long time ago, my mom's got a, has a disease, it's strong, she gets, it's very painful, they prescribe a lot of drugs to her, she's like, you know, I have to learn how to deal with it, if, I, if I'm just masking it all the time, I'm not learning how to deal with it, so you need to learn how to deal with your problems, your issues, whatever you have, whatever, you know, everybody has, things happen, things happen that aren't, aren't, aren't great, you know, but you need to learn how to handle them. Not, not just try to cover them up, not try to hide from them, don't run from them, don't get drunk and do drugs or whatever to, to escape. If you want to live, you need to learn how to deal with your problems. Another person who's experienced the evolution of social media is Tian Watkins of TLC. We had the chance to catch up with her recently to talk about the pressure she and other entertainers face when it comes to dealing with social media. Let's hear what she had to say about how she engages. Stress is something I have to talk myself out of all the time. People stress me the hell out. My job stresses me out. TLC stresses me out. The fans stress me out sometimes. Like, social media stresses me out. The news stresses me out. Life stresses me out. So I talk to myself all the time. All the time. Like, girl, don't be letting them people stress you out. Sometimes I put quotes up. Sometimes I talk to my mom. Sometimes I pray. Sometimes I just get mad. So you know what, I don't have a great answer for that, but to work at it daily, it's a daily process, and I'm, 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 I'm working through that myself. So we're all human, but it starts with you admitting you need to work on it, because stress is like one of the number one killers. And if you're 100% healthy, stress can kill you. So me having a disease like sickle cell, I really need to manage myself. I mean, my stress. So I start telling myself this. This is the main thing I tell my daughter. When I'm sick, who do I see in the hospital? My mom, my brother, my daughter. When I need something, who do I see? My mom, my brother, my daughter, and my son. If they're not the ones that are helping you, why the heck should they make a difference? So then I end up with, they don't mean nothing. So then somehow I get de-stressed. Some people, like, on social media, like, you know, we're all guilty of listening or reading certain things people say about us. It's up to us. We can't control how people act, 
but we can control how we react to it. So I would basically say we have to work on how we react to how people treat us because <laughs> you're your worst enemy. You you gotta learn to stop reading the stuff or, or ignoring it. And I have to tell myself this too, because I was pissed off yesterday reading stuff and I be wanting to cuss people out, but I have to say they're not worth it. I've learned to be open about how I feel, express myself and get it off my chest because holding stuff in isn't healthy. It doesn't make me feel good. I just get it off my chest. It's just over with. But I am always mindful of my mental health because my mind is what wills me to to fight, to stay better. My mind is what wills me to want to live. My mind is what wills me to want to learn. Like my mind is everything. And that's all we got. Our next guest has been on social scene for quite a while now. In fact, I had the pleasure of working with him back in the MySpace days on a music, uh, a music project with Adidas. Uh, and he was also one of the first artists to really use Facebook in a meaningful way. So welcome to the show, musician, actor, and radio host, Kia Shine. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, Kia, since you've been in social media since it really got its big push in the MySpace days, how have you really seen it evolve over time? Well, it's it's amazing how like how much a MySpace follower is is worth to, a MySpace friend is worth today versus how it was in two thousand and six. Um, it, it's just amazing to me to see the evolution of of, of social media and what's hot, what's not. Um, I, I I like the I, I like it's it's really cool to see that Facebook has took this Facebook has taken over. I never thought Facebook would you know what I mean would own Instagram and own, you know what I mean, own these yeah. things or whatever. But it's, it's really cool to be able to see what has taken place um, and, and who's still around. And, you know, I've, I've seen, uh, do you remember when it was the, what was that? The, uh, what was the little, the little video? Oh, Vine. Vine was like, was something, you know what I mean? And yeah. then like all of a sudden, it's like gun. It's just, it's just, a, it's like, it, it reminds me so much of the music industry, you know, as far as like, you get some artists that have the record and you can't, stop singing it and then all of a sudden it's like boom you don't hear from the artist anymore you know what i mean right, that one just, hit wonder yeah it's the same it's kind of like the same way you get everybody who's all in a in a in a, in a it's trending and, every, and everything everybody has to be a part of myspace and then it's like i don't even know if myspace even exists anymore but it was definitely a cool um it was really cool to me to be able to uh to just see from from a from a person who come from music who's selling cds and doing that they to seeing it evolve to socially being able to market yourself, I, I just really think it's really cool, you know what I mean, to be yeah. able to touch so many people, you know, with, with your phone. You know what I mean? This guy, Steve Jobs, I tell you, man, <laughs> you know, he still goes back to Steve Jobs, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, man, this guy has, he said that you were going, your phone is going to be like, you know, you're not going to be able to, you're going to live through it. And I mean, it's just what's happening. People talk to me about, 2020, what's it going to be like? What's 2020 going to be like? We're in 2020, really, <laughs> with the technology, you know? It's true. We're in it. Between, you know, between Jobs and Zuckerberg, they have total world domination. They have world domination, man, I swear. Man, 
That's very true. Well, you know, it's funny because I actually got an email push notification the other day that said, hey, somebody, a uh, friend requested you or something on MySpace. And I was like, well, this has definitely got to be a server glitch. So I'm pretty sure it's dead and gone. But I did want to ask you about um, the way music's being delivered and consumed, because it looks like labels are now looking at number of streams and likes and followers before they even sign an artist, let alone release an album for an artist they've already signed. So what do you think the impact of social has been on that part of music? I think I think socials like right now you, you get so much from the feedback, the analytics, and of it, it takes the guesswork out of you know the eye test, you know mm-hmm, the ear mm-hmm. test. You know I still think it's value in that I do, but in, in today's economy, it's like you don't you know you don't have to take the guesswork in it. Okay, if back in the day, if a song played on the radio. That that song probably was uh, was something, you know what I mean? Maybe it was it, it worked its way from the street to the radio. Okay, it must be a hit. Let's sign his artist. Today, you're using apps like um like uh, Shazam, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And and they're like, okay, well it's on the radio. Okay, cool. We're not gonna sign the artist yet. We're gonna see if when it plays, who Shazams it. You know? Absolutely right. And yeah. if it doesn't if it if, if it doesn't Shazam, you know, it's like, well, you know, it, maybe it's not worth the labels time and it's like that's what these labels are doing they're using the analytics they can be able to see on spotify title um pandora mm-hmm. they, they can see the skip rates they know when a, when when, a, when an artist song is being skipped when it's being so it's like you can't lie to kick it you know what i mean you can't it's like it's airing you, your dirty laundry label, yeah yeah they, they know they know now so it's like you know um it's just, but 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 then there's another flip side to that. It's like okay, you are using analytics to be able to sign acts, but there's some really good music out there who just don't get the audience, and because they don't have the audience, that doesn't mean that it's not a great record or doesn't warrant it to be signed. Oh, it's so we, true. We, we can't take all of the technology and just use the technology to make the decisions of what artists we as a label or, or as a masses decide to push, you know what I mean? You can't just be that, but that's what the impact is. The impact is that's what is happening now. So you're getting a lot of these artists that, that are socially viable and, and because they are, they're getting the deals, they're getting the sponsorship, they're getting the checks, but that doesn't, you know, it's, it's, that's just what it is. So it definitely has impacted it. It just, it's taking out the guesswork, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You They're know, even getting their start in it, right? Like, you're starting to see people who were Viners or who are YouTubers, then they become music artists, right? And people just automatically yeah. assume that they're good because they have so many followers, but their music's not even that great. Exactly. Just because maybe they have a smart marketing niche mm-hmm. doesn't mean they have a great music pitch. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just, that's what I'm seeing these days. But that is the world, that is the 2020 world that we live in, you know? It's very that's, true. That's, yeah. Well, you aren't just a musician. You're also an actor, and people probably know you from Superfly or the show Star. And you actually sometimes play roles that can set people off. So I'm wondering, do you notice the morning after an episode, maybe, um, that you get more negativity? Can people really separate the actor from the part? Yeah, you know what? My wife hates the, hates, hated the whole Star thing. She hated me playing Leon in Star. She was so glad. I didn't Leon like it either. <laughs> she, she hated it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm having to show a side of myself or do something that's really not, you know, in my character. But at the end of the day, like, you know, with with film and television, Mary's like, I'm, I, I'm, I got to put my groundwork in. They don't care that I've had, had written records for Drake or had success as an artist. 
myself. They, they, it's like they want you to come from the bottom up. And, and in film and television, it's like, you know, that's what you got to do until you can be able to either create your own content and show show these casting directors your range. Other than that, they're going to see me and they're going to see a, a tall black guy who's going to be thug one or mm-hmm. gang member or, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's crazy. <laughs> until, you, until you have a success that shows them that you have some range. So it's like, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, I try not to let it discourage me because I like, I, I, I follow up with like, I follow Denzel, I, I follow um, Samuel L. Jackson, who I love. And it's like, he's like, when he first got started, it was the same way. So it's like, you know, you just gotta, you just kind of gotta go through it to get to it. Um, I think that for me, it's just about to get the experience and getting the knowledge of being able to be on set and being able to learn the trade and being able to, you know, learn as I earn. And, um, yeah, so I, you know, it's, 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 it's a cool thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to expand and do characters that are more fit to what I am, but there's some, there's some short films that I'm working on right now with my wife, um, that we're doing that will be able to give me the ability to be able to show my range. Um, and that's what I've been doing. I've, I've, you know, I'm appreciative to being able to be in some things that people can actually see as a new actor. That's really blessed because it's like some people have been acting way longer than me and they haven't got the roles or got the opportunity. So I'm thankful to be able to be doing it. But at the same time, you know, um, I'm not content and I know that, um, you know, I want to get better and I want to do more. So, you know, I just got to, you know, keep putting my nose to the road. I just, you know, I, I go out for auditions all the time. Yeah. Half the stuff I go out for, I can't even say because they make you sign a non-disclosure. <laughs> but I'm I'm up with some, some, some cool stuff that people watch right now. So it's like I just got to, you know, just keep doing it and just keep working. And then I'll get that. I just My thing is this, man. If I can just get that, I want to get that role. If this is a great role on a series that runs like a, like if I get a role on a, on a show like A Power that was like, mm-hmm. you know, that had a good run like that. To me, Mayor, it's like, I would be fine with it. I would feel like, okay, that is like, to me, that is the accomplishment. Like, I'm like, all right, let me just get that locked in, and I'll be fine with TV and film. I, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a creative. I'm well, a creative, so it's like... I want to see you I get a like, role, though, where we can look at your feed the next morning and not see, hey, Leon's an a-hole, right? Like, so get me something yeah, exactly. where the people are nicer to you in social. Because as your friend exactly. in social, I'm like, I want to jump in there and say, oh, he's not like that. That's a character. Yeah, but it, it, it's just a character. But people, like... But the good thing, though, is that if they look at it like that and they look at it and they, and they feel like that about the character, as an actor, I've done my job yeah, by displaying. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but you definitely—it's good to be liked, though. It's true, very true. Go get yourself a Denzel part. <laughs> yeah, I got to, man. It's coming. Well, it's coming. You're—you're you're also a radio host. I love your show, and I love to follow it. And you use social a lot, not just to share your shows. Although I actually love—I love to see kind of your mini clips in the morning. But you actually—you get some commentary, and I'm wondering, do you actually get radio shows idea or, or shows like segment ideas from social media? Of course. Man, like it, it, that's I was uh I got a chance to watch Gary V. Um, mm-hmm. He spoke at the A3C in Atlanta uh, last month, and I went to see just I wanted to see him speak because I never saw him. Talking about um, the fact that you know they were like, how does he get his content? And he was like, man, I just watch what's going on mm-hmm. and watch what the people are talking about, and with social media, that's what you can do. You have the opportunity to really 
you can either chime in or you can not, but you have the ability to see what is trending. And if you're smart and you're creating social content, you, you've got to be open to what is trending, what is working, what people are talking about. And then I think you got to be able to put that into your conversation. So, you know, and I, and I think that's what, what I try to do is just like listen to what's going on because the news cycles, you know, pretty much they're all, everyone has the same news cycle. Mm-hmm. It's just about who you want to get your news or get your information from. Very true. So, you know, so my thing is like, if I could create a narrative to where, okay, I'm going to, I'll talk about the current situation or whatever is going on, but you know that I'm going to talk about it in a way that's not going to be a negative narrative because I don't like that. I, I like to be able to spin stuff, things positive or be honest. You know what I mean? So, um, and I don't like to, to build myself up by tearing people down. Exactly. And I see a lot of the news cycles to do that. So for my shows and the things I talk about, I just try to give an open, a, a honest opinion about it and, and um and try to I try to use my socials to, to be truthful and and, mm-hmm. to, and to push a positive narrative instead of a negative narrative. You know what I mean? And you know and, and we need um, more of that. We I swear we do because we're it is it's and sometimes it's frustrating because you know the negative stuff just gets so much more attention than positive stuff. It just it just does. You know it's just, you know I I may put out coffee with kinfolk and I may put out you know. Um, I may not get as many views as Shade Room or some negative stuff, mm-hmm. but what I do get and what I'm thankful for is I get the engagement of the people that will leave the Instagram or they'll leave Facebook and they'll go subscribe to coffeewithkinfolk.com and they would then buy merch and support. Right. So I look at it like, well, do you want to you wanna have a million views? Or if I put a post up that gets 500 views, but I end up selling two shirts or two mugs or whatever, I I would prefer that, you know, mm-hmm. because of the fact that I actually have people that are engaging and they're spending, uh, they're sewing into me, you know what I mean? And and, and, and I, I think that's, I, I just would, you know, yeah, I do I want millions of followers and millions of hits like a Gary Vee and those kind of guys that try to push their positive stuff out there. Yeah, I think, you know, eventually to get there, if I'd be consistent with it. But one thing I know about social media is that you got to be consistent, you know? You do. You what happens if you take a day consistent. off? People think that you've gone somewhere and that you're no longer relevant and after 24 yeah. hours. And that's, like, listen, you got to be putting stuff out every day. I mean, it's got to be something. you got to put it out every day. Because, and then, I do not like the fact that some of the social media, because of the fact that you have to pay for your marketing now with your posts, I do not like the fact that they're not, they're limiting the amount of people that see, mm-hmm. organically see what you're doing. I think that is, I mean. That yeah, algorithm will make money. or break you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, I, man, it's like, man, you know, so, you know, one it, one thing I do know, if I put a post out that starts to get some real feet, that starts to get some engagement, you got to hurry up and put something else out immediately mm-hmm. while the algorithm mm-hmm. is hitting. You know what I mean? While, knowledge. You know, he has given us you know, knowledge. <laughs> You know, you, you got to immediately put something else out because if you don't and you sit back and like, man, my last post got up to this many uh, views or whatever, and you sit back and don't put anything out, your next post is not going to do anything close to that because the algorithm is it, it, like as soon as I engage with someone or I like or comment or do something on someone's page, then when I start to do my stroll, I'm going to see, you know, that person's post all of a sudden. And I'm seeing all their stuff. Mm-hmm. So, 
that's what you got to think about when you, when you're putting out stuff. You want to make sure that you know while you got a hot hand, you want you want to make sure you keep feeding it, and it's about being consistent. It's almost like that that story, right? Like your story is valid for 24 hours. So is your life in the social realm, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great point. That's mm-hmm. a great point. You got 24 hours. You got to push it. Very true. You got to push it. Well, you know, you were uh, you were one of the people that we worked with uh, at Wellbeing Trust, our mental health arm for the 30 day challenge. Um, and really that was basically 100% using social media to reduce stigma of mental health and educate people on the focus uh, and how to focus on their health. What did it mean to you to be a part of something like that? I loved it. You know, I loved it because I think that when you, what you scroll on and what you look on and what you see, like it affects you, you're feeding your Mm -hmm. subconscious, you're feeding your mental, you're feeding yourself. And you gotta watch what you eat, just like as like your diet, just like anything else. You gotta watch what you feed yourself. Yes. You just do, yes. you know. And I think that that if you are following, it, it really breaks down to the people that you're actually following on social media. If you're following people that are gonna make you feel less than what you are, uh, they're gonna make you feel these these emotions that are going to affect your mental health in a negative way, you got to unfollow. You got to stop just looking at things just because it's being fed to you. I got, I got to look at this. No, I don't. I don't have to look at it. And I, you got to be smart enough to say, Hey bro, I don't, you know, I, I may know you in real life, mm-hmm. but if what you're putting out on your page is like scum that I don't want to see, I'm sorry. I'm not going to follow you. Yep. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to see that because it's, it's uh, once I see it, we're powerful human beings, man. When you see something and you keep seeing that thing, that's the same way as you hanging around. So uh, let's say if someone yawns, if someone yawns, then you're right by them. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm gonna about yawn. to yawn right now. You're going to yawn, right? <laughs> okay. So at the end of the day, if it's the same way with social media. If you keep watching, okay, this guy's currently putting out pictures of naked women every five seconds. He's putting out some naked women stuff, naked women stuff, and you are trying to be faithful to your woman or to your man or to your significant other, and you keep seeing this, 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 all this every time, okay, you, you, you're, that's, that's going to affect you mentally because you keep seeing that, and then you're gonna, you, things are going to, I'm telling you, what you see leads to what you do. Mm, you know what I mean? Very it, 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 it just does. So it's like you got to be careful of what you are showing yourself, what's playing on your mental, te- your mental television station, you know what I mean? Because it's going to affect the way you act and your emotions. And that's how we're wired, you know, that is some great, we're wired for that. Great input. You know? Yeah. No, it's very true. It's very true. Yeah, well, it is, man. It, it really is. I have time for one more question with you. And, and I have to ask you, I mean, you've definitely seen the trolls. You've definitely seen the haters. What do you do when you see that? Like, do you engage? Do you have a plan? Do you kind of always know ahead of time with each post, how you're going to respond? Well, I kind of ahead of a time, ahead, ahead of time, no matter what. Okay. And I, 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 I say this to anyone listening to me right now, listen, all right, you have to be honest with yourself and know that the person that's commenting, okay, if a comment was not for free, then most of you people wouldn't have a word to say, okay? <laughs> that's just, it, it, I'm serious. If comments weren't free, it's true. you would have, listen, you'd you use them wisely. Have, mm-hmm. <laughs> And seriously, they would use them very, very wisely. But because they are free, you know what I mean? And you can just comment, hey, 
you know, you got you got someone can say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I put out messages that touch people, and they DM me, and they they've emailed me, and they've talked to me, and said, "Yo, this coffee with Kim folk message it touched me. Mm-hmm. It it helped me in my life." And that same message, I got somebody trolling saying, "This is the worst thing I've seen all day on Instagram." You know what I mean? I'm like. Wow, but I invest no level of thought into that individual's perspective. You don't know what that person's going through that's commenting those negative Good things. Point. And point. for the most part, they just want attention. Mm-hmm. And if you give them the attention that they want, then they have won. And that's just the truth. That's and true. it's hard. It's hard. Your thumbs get to moving. Wait a minute. Wait, what did he say? Let me get over here. My thumbs are ready. They're ready. They're ready. But it's like, if I give them the negative attention in the narrative that they want, then they won. And I cannot, I will not do it. Use those thumbs to delete. Oh, okay. This person, mm-hmm. okay. Delete. Block. Moving on. Be delete, honest, though. Block. Sometimes Moving you actually on. type the response, though. You just don't send it, right? <laughs> yeah, just, you can type it. You can <laughs> into the emotion and energy that goes back to what we talked about in the earlier in the conversation you see this on your on your you're watching this you're seeing this comment now you have a choice to receive it or to delete it and move on you only have so much space in your mind in your so much energy in the day why waste it by putting any of it into that that's going to drain you 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 do not do it people are going to inspire you or they're going to drain you if they if i see draining happening i'm deleting i gotta move on i gotta move on i gotta invest my time into who's saying something positive that person that says something positive i'm going to go and i'm going to comment and talk back to them and i'm going to start that flow i'm not going to give any of my energy that i got with being a father, a husband, and all the other things that I have to slash and do to make sure I maintain my life, <laughs> I just don't have the energy to do it. It's faster for me just to delete and keep yeah. going. Or sometimes I'll let it stay there just so that other people can see mm-hmm. yeah. that, yeah, people come at me negatively. And for those that are following me and they want to see how I respond, the best silence is golden. Very true. Anytime, anytime is a good time to just be quiet and not say anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is golden. Let that person show you who they are by their actions, by their comments, and do not respond. That type of attention is the root of all evil. That type of attention yeah. is. And Great that's why advice. I talk about that. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Delete. <laughs> you heard it going. here, guys. Just don't do it. <laughs> well, Kia, thank you for joining us today. This has been very insightful and very fun. Um, before I let you go, tell our listeners how they can follow you. You guys can follow me right here at coffeewithkinfolk.com. Go to coffeewithkinfolk.com because there you can follow all of my YouTubes, all of my Instagrams, all of my Facebooks. But I'm a huge component of giving out my own social real estate because Instagram has enough money and so does Facebook. <laughs> and so, does, so guess what? Coffeewithkinfolk.com. You'll take it. Come, awesome. <laughs> Thank there. you, Kia. It was a pleasure. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. And keep pushing the positive. Awesome. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, joining us today is reality TV star and beauty pageant queen Katrina Demarannan. Uh, you were probably known best, I guess, most recently for Love Island. Um, how was that? Yes. How, how did that show impact your social following? 
Oh my God. I mean, I had no idea that, you know, my following would grow immensely from being on the show. And, you know, I had no idea that people would be able to relate to me and would want to follow me even after the show to see, you know, what I'm up to and all those things. So it definitely sort of changed the way that I handle social media only because now I feel like there's so much more people and even younger teens who are following me now. So it's definitely different from how I used to handle my social media. Well, do you feel now like you have more of a responsibility to be kind of like a role model in your social posts? I mean, is that that a challenge? Oh, definitely. I wouldn't say it's a challenge. I mean, I've always been the type in my family and out of my friends who's always been trying to be the positive one and you know generally trying to uplift people mm-hmm. but it is a little bit um more of a task I guess because now you know I do have to be careful with what I post or the things that I say or even um, deleting comments or mm-hmm. you know anything that I want I don't want my followers to see or know right. because I want the people who are following me to be inspired by what they see you know i mean the people that i follow i follow them because of the positive like light that they bring and you know the the vibes the good vibes the spirit the high spirits that they have so for me i feel like i do have to be a little bit more careful with what i post because i don't want the younger teens to be like oh this is how i should be and i'm totally showing um, a bad side or I'm showing them something that, you know, that isn't necessarily something good. Um, yeah, there's enough negativity so, in life, right? Like we should always exactly. try to bring the positivity. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, it was just like the event that um, I just went to for um, digital for good. Mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah, that event? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, you know, that whole thing was about, you know, bring positivity and optimism when it comes to social media and using that platform for good. So I really do try to live up to that, you know, whether it be my posts or when I message people back or what they see in my stories, I definitely try to keep it more positive because social media, I feel like is the biggest factor right now in this era that affects mental health and, you know, and just the younger generation, especially. It absolutely does. I mean, if you think about the fact that, you know, there's the pressure in general of life, right? Especially if you're young, you've got all these school things and and athletes and relationships and your family life. And I got to go to college and I got these tests. And then you throw in the fact that I got to be on social media on 15 different platforms and I have to update them every single hour and I'm always accessible. What do you say? Because I assume fans must ask you questions like, do do you have timeouts? Do you say take a day off? What what, you know, what kind of feedback would you give people? (laughs) I mean, for me, um, most of how I live my life outside of social media is how I try to portray it on social media. I mean, I know that everything on social media is not real. And I want people out there to know that, especially, you know, the younger teens. I want them to know that everything that they see on social media is not always real, Um, you know, and sometimes it affects our how we look at ourselves, we think we're not good enough or, you know, oh, we have to be a certain way because the people we follow are like this and that. But for me personally, I do try to live my life how I try to portray it. And so um, I wouldn't take it as like taking time off or anything because, you know, if you watch my stories on my Instagram, it's literally like me every day, um, kind of just with my phone camera facing me and just capturing the moments but you know I do have to say that when when a lot of the fans or or people who 
go into my DMs and ask me about how it feels to have to, you know, have like not this weight, but like this responsibility of of social media and um, how I can use it for good. I do try to tell them that, you know, just don't believe everything that you see. But at the same time, if there is someone that you follow that makes you feel good about yourself and not make you feel like you're not good enough, then I say keep following that person because it's totally different to follow someone who, you know, like say they have an amazing body or they're living the best life, but it makes you feel like you're not enough, then I wouldn't want to follow a person that was like that rather than following someone who's um, uplifting and and, and assuring you that it's okay to be where you are in life and what you're doing or who you are, what you look like. So yeah, that's, that's really how I go about it when people ask me about that. It's good advice. I mean, do what's attainable, right? This Instagram versus reality thing is real, right? Like everything you see is not how real life goes. And let's face it, even if you're having an amazing life, you still have days where you're like, it's hard to get out of bed, right? Mm -hmm. Mm And you know, 100% facts that you know, everyone that shows what they're doing on social media, they're never going to show the bad sides mm-hmm. They're, you know, or it's rare for, for um, a, an influencer mm-hmm. to show like their bad days unless they are genuinely wanting their fans to get a closer look of who they are and they're brave enough to do so. But not everyone is going to show you their bad side. So it is important for, you know, young adults to know that just because you see follow a person or you see a page where it's always roses and daisies does right. not mean that they're not dealing with anything because, you know, I'm not going to lie. I've been having a tough week. Um, it's all souls day. And, you right. know, just remember, it, it makes me think about my grandma who I just lost, but, you know, I'm not going to show people that I was like in my room by myself the, the other, just last night, you know, being so sad and just down. But what I did today was I posted photos of my grandma to, you know, let people know that I do miss her. But again, it's not me. I don't want people to like see me being so upset. Right. So, you know, they just need to remember that even the people who look the happiest go through tough times as well. We're human, right? Every single one of us is human. Yeah. I think we tend, I think people tend to forget that, especially when it's what you consider to be a social media influencer, right? But you, you've talked about people that you like to follow because they're inspirational. Who's one person you would say you try to check their feed every day or something because it really makes you happy. Oh my God. One person is actually my fellow castmate, um, Caro, and mm-hmm. she is a ball of energy. And, you know, at first, when I first met her on the show, I was like, this cannot be who she really is. She's just way <laughs> too happy and just like so, so like bouncy and, and just so much fun, which I love. But I was like, no way is she like this all the time. And outside of the show, she really, truly is. And I literally like get excited watching her stories because it's always something about, you know, accepting who you are and and telling yourself every morning that you're perfect the way that you are, the way you look, the way you live your life. And she's always so happy and she's all about manifesting good things into your life. And, wow. you know, she's definitely one person that I love following um, as well as Will Smith. You guys, oh, Will's like, great. Will Smith, yeah. mm-hmm. I love, love, love. I was so happy when he made an Instagram account because I feel like anyone at any age 
in any era can follow him and be inspired by right, that. Right. I'm going to lie. My, my auntie who's in her seventies follows him, which she does, doesn't even follow me. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's definitely one of the people that I like look up to as far as just doing the most and taking advantage of your life and knowing that life is just too short. And he uses this. He's, one good person that uses social media for the good. For good. And I do think yeah. that there's a lot of people out there who are using social for good. And I know you you did our digital for good program and you've done some posts with us. I think it's important for people to remember that, you know, you can use your social platform to, you know, sell products or to, to get cast in movies. Yeah. But you can also do it to raise awareness for things like mental health. And I do agree. Exactly. People like you and Will, those are really important things. Oh. I, I do. Yeah. I do have to ask the hard question, though, um, which yeah. is not my favorite question. Have you ever had a post that you regretted or you wanted to take back? And you don't have to tell us what it is, but what went through your mind the second you went, oh, that was not a good idea? I feel like I think a lot of us have done that, you know, if it was like a crazy <laughs> night and you're just having too much fun and you thought that, you know, oh, that's going to be great to post. And then made the sense next at the morning, time. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly it. The next morning you you see that and you're just like oh my god so many people have seen that or you know or there was even one time I posted something and something as small as an item that happened to be in, oh, in my photo yes and uh-huh and you wouldn't think that people would notice those things but when you have a big following which is something I'm learning some people and parents will see those little things because mm-hmm. they know that their kids follow me. And I've gotten messages where they were like, you know, this is bad. Like, why didn't it? And it wasn't even mine. Or it, it was just one and of those things. It's a bottle of wine, like, people. The world wow. is not coming to an end. Yeah, it was it was something very, yeah. you know, I don't want to say mm-hmm. small, but sure, it was something yeah. like that. And so I, that surprised me. And that was something sort of like a wake up call where it really made me realize that I do have to be a little careful with certain things that I post. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I definitely had times where I regretted <laughs> posting something. But you know what? You just learn from it. And you just got to be more aware um, because, you know, you do have younger kids and young adults who are following you or right. even parents who follow me. So my uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my friend went live the other night and she had shown up at her ex's house. <laughs> middle of the night oh drunk. my god <laughs> we were everybody oh, no. following we were our friends and we were like stop put the phone down get in the car go home but I'm sure the next day she went eh, maybe not my best decision oh my gosh <laughs> well you know you have you've done so much from beauty pageants to reality tv how hard is it to especially in this day and age as a woman go through the yeah. social media and and you know you're definitely a beautiful woman. How hard is it though when people come oh, in and they want to weigh in on your beauty, right? Because it's really none of their business, but of course they're going to. Oh man. I mean, you know what? When I first did my first pageant for Miss Philippines, I was, I believe I was 17 or 18. I was one of the youngest ever. And I went in there not knowing how brutal mm. it could be in terms of the cyberbullying you know, people shaming us, body shaming us and all these things. And you'd be surprised. I mean, most of the women who do beauty pageants, we do it to empower other women and to show people that aside from beauty, there's brains and you know what I mean? There's all these things. But then there's still people out there who are just so quick on being like, oh, she's she's not pretty enough. She is not skinny enough. Um, you know, people were telling me like, oh, um, 
she's never going to win oh. um, or she's she's too dark or she's too tan when they don't realize that Filipinos, you know, our ancestors were really, really brown. And, you know, like it was just hurtful things or her nose is too big, it's too small or um, her smile or her the, the shape of my face is too round. And, yeah, you'd be surprised. <laughs> they would find anything to nitpick. And at first, um, it really did get to me because at that age, especially at 17 years old, where oh. you're just finishing high school yeah. and you're really going on to the real world, it really affects your self-esteem. Of course. And it really affected mine. There was one point where, you know, I was crying to my mom and I told her I didn't want to do it anymore. And, you know, it was just too hard for me. It was tough. But then one thing, it was like I, I had a lot of faith and my family was very, very supportive and I had a very close circle of friends who was just so supportive and we always uplifted each other and so I think through time you just you know you just grow thicker skin I guess and you just the more you appreciate who you are and like the more you love yourself the easier it is to be able to just ignore and laugh at you know all the negative words that people tell you and all these things you know what I mean and it does take time and not everyone like now everyone always tells me oh you're so confident you're so strong and all this and I know I am but I'm not gonna lie like it was tough for me when I was younger and you know being bullied and then now with social media being cyber bullied it's a whole nother ball game so you know one thing that I did want to point out also is social media yes we should use it for good but people should also especially the younger adults should also be aware that there are still people out there who are gonna you know um be negative and be sure. negative Nancy's mm-hmm. you know it's that's just the world that we live in right now but it's just up to you and up to us to make sure that we handle it the right way and we realize that those people are just you know I want cowards hiding yeah. behind a screen don't give them you power and, yeah so you honestly that saying kill them with kindness mm-hmm. is so big for me and that's really all you can do because then they'll feel you know they'll feel like oh why am I not getting a reaction out of him and her you know, now I feel I feel kind of silly. Why did I even like say all these right, things? They're right. not even fighting back or anything. So then they end up feeling horrible about it. <laughs> and maybe in turn, they change. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's just say that they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, has there ever yeah. been uh, one one moment or one comment or one person you've met through social where you said, OK, I, if, if I never had another post, I know that I've made a difference in somebody's life. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, I can think of two at the top of my head. And um, one of them was this was years ago. And it was, you know, Instagram wasn't so big, but I did post a picture. It was my older Instagram and it was during Miss Philippines. So I was 18 at the time. And um, I did like this video where we had to talk about like our childhood and things that we went through. And I've never done that before ever in my life. And I posted that on social media and I posted it on Facebook. And like the next day, literally, I received so many messages from, you know, not just younger girls, but also like guys. And they were just like, you know, because of you sharing your story, I'm able to accept that, you know, things can get better in my life. And it just really inspired me to do better because I had a very rough childhood growing up. Mm. But, you know, I always just had to persevere through it and have a positive mindset and because of that, that was one of the main reasons why I didn't quit. I didn't quit the pageant because I didn't realize that just sharing my story alone of what I went through could inspire so many other people, men included. So that felt so good to me. 
And then actually just recently I posted a photo and I was talking about in my in my caption, I was talking about being um, vulnerable and how being vulnerable is actually, you know, a measure of strength, just like courage is. Sure. And, you know, because before I would always think that um, if I'm being vulnerable, I'm weak, but I did it and I posted that on my social media and, you know, so many girls messaged me and we're just like wow like I can relate to that and this just made me feel so much better about myself and this is how I want to live my life and those messages like that really really touched me because I was once in that place where it was nice to have someone that I could relate to also sure yeah it makes a big yeah. difference yeah it's oh, amazing so, well thank yeah. you so much for joining us today and especially for using your voice for good and empowering the next generation because what you do is so beautiful i just want to thank you for your of time course. oh thank you thank you and i just want to say also like when it comes to social media um don't spend so much time on it don't mm -hmm. let it take you away from living in the moment because you know, that's where a lot of, you know, you start to feel isolated when you're not on social media, you start to compare yourself to others and all that. So like social media can be and should be used for good. But at the same time, live your life in the moment too, because that's what really truly matters. Oh, beautiful words. So, so the last yeah. thing then for everybody listening, uh, who wants to follow you? What's your handle? Um, it's at Katrina underscore Demaranin, D-I-M-A-R-A-N-A-N. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, guys, thanks for listening. We've heard from influencers. Now let's hear from the business side of how social impacts the sports and entertainment industry. Um, we're joined right now by Stephen Blackwell. And Stephen, you're currently the head of portfolio sales for Penske Media Corporation, which has great brands like Rolling Stone and Variety. Um, and we're always talking about the value of social media to an entertainer's brand and their career and how it's changed over time. How have you seen things evolve in the entertainment industry? For sure, absolutely. So, you know, as you mentioned, um, you know, I have the great distinct pleasure of, of working on a, a lot of iconic brands, um, you know, inside the entertainment space. Um, you know, Rolling Stone, which is a huge voice in music, uh, Variety and Deadline, which are, you know, seminal voices in entertainment. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I've seen and was able to bear witness to, um, you know, is essentially how specifically brands like Variety uh, and Deadline, who were, you know, initially focused on, you know, some of the B2B and, and trade aspects of, of the entertainment space, um, have really become, you know, these massive online portals of, you know, 24 million, um, you know, unique visitors monthly. Um, and I, I believe that one of the reasons that, you know, these brands were able to achieve, uh, you know, such an extraordinary audience growth was really related to um, how much social media uh, has been utilized by, you know, brands and entertainers. Um, you know, so ultimately, you know, prior to, you know, prior to social media, um, and we'll take that with, you know, Facebook and Twitter and that moving into the visual space with, you know, with Instagram and, mm -hmm. um, you know, Snapchat and then, you know, now TikTok, um, you know, is, is that essentially the way that celebrities and entertainers you know, interacted with uh, the, uh, their audiences and audiences at large and culture at large, you know, were basically, you know, through interviews that they would do, um, you know, either with print magazines or, or websites or on television. Um, and, you know, and then the performances that they would do, whether they were musicians or, you know, whether they were movie stars and, you know, you're shown to the theater to, to see uh, these, these men and women, um, you know, 
do their craft. Um, but social media, you know, obviously changed all of that mm-hmm. and gave us a, you know, one to one daily experience, um, you know, with these entertainers um, and with these celebrities, uh, with these culture creators, as, as we call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so ultimately, you know, when you start, you know, for instance, um, you know, seeing someone like Dwayne Johnson, you know, show up in your in your Instagram feed or your Twitter feed, you know, every single day, um, you start to form a uh, a bond with these people, a digital bond with these people. Uh, you start to become, you know, sort of more concerned with the things that are going on with their lives. You know, who's what's the next project that they're working on? Who's their manager? You know, who are, you know who people are dating has always been a has always been a big part of you know how culture and audiences look we at have celebrities. We have to know. We have to know. Yeah, you gotta know. You can't get around it. But it started turning into a little bit more about you know their daily lives exercise routines, you know, mental health routines, you know, all of that fun stuff, um, you know, really became part of the cultural vernacular and the public parlance in a much more heightened way. Um, And so ultimately, you know, brands like, you know, Variety really, that was a enormous tailwind um, in terms of in terms of user growth, user growth, because you know, people are just so interested and audiences are just so interested in these people. Um, and so on, on, a, on, a, on a human, you know, entertainer, singular basis, um, you know, there's all sorts of people that have, you know, incredible, you know, feeds and, and you know, and, and incredible, um, you know, handles out there that are, that are worth following and are, are very funny or very educational, very entertaining. Um, and in a lot of ways, brands, um, you know, certainly like some of the brands that we own, um, you know, definitely replicate their strategy but in their own brand voice, um, you know, so we, you know, across the big, the big three, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, um, you know, we have about 40 million social followers, just, um, which just is 40 a, million, which is a, o- only yeah, 40, 40 million. million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and we really utilize that, you know, just to really to the focus there is to, is to enhance, you know, what we want to do, which is tell great stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're in the business of, of uh, you know whether it's about technology or whether it's about entertainment or whether the, whether it's about music, um, you know we're 100 focused, 100 percent focused on on great storytelling. Um, you know, and social media is a really interesting platform to not just tell stories on, but also drive back people, mm-hmm. you know, to other places where they can engage with your storytelling. How has how is has it changed from like the brand perspective, right? Like I know that many, many moons ago it was all about print and then it was about TV and then it was about radio and then it was about digital. So do you find brands coming to Rolling Stone or Variety or whatever and saying, I don't care so much about the print publication or even online. I just want to be in the social feed. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately, um, media, as you well know, you know, media changes. Um, you know, every single day, it's, it's basically, you know, it's, it's basically molten lava, uh, in terms of, in terms of, you know, jumping from, you know, from one area of interest, um, you know, to another while trying to stay on trend or ahead of trend, um, and utilizing, you know, you know, first to market, um, you know, specialties and in any arena you may be operating in, whether that's tech, music, uh, you know, entertainment, fashion. Um, and so, you know, so, so ultimately, um, you know, I think that the way that the agencies are structured or what we're seeing is the way the agencies are structured who, you know, who buy all this media and are really, um, the, 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 the forces that put brand messaging out there, um, a huge part of their strategy is to obviously diversify so that they're, they're reaching you in as many different ways as possible. 
Um, and, you know, certainly one of the largest areas of growth is, you know, digital has spread off into, you know, digital display, online video, mm -hmm. um, you know, social and social engagement as well. And all those things are measured differently. Um, but there are, you know, any sort of content that you're going to create, any sort of content plan um, is going to have a social media component as a big part of it. Um, and, you know, there are plenty of there are plenty of brand marketers out there who want to work solely on social um, because it just, it just fits into their return on ad spend sure. um, in a, in a much different way. So social is, um, you know, while social is, is effective for, for general awareness, um, you know, that's, that's sort of on par with, you know, out of home advertising or something along those lines, um, you know, as a brand marketer, when it comes to direct to consumer, um, where you're you're hoping that you can convert someone to a purchase on your product, mm -hmm. um, you know, social social is um, is is enormously beneficial. Sure, has enormously it changed beneficial. the way though that you guys create content? At you know, based on what you were just saying, because consumption is is definitely smaller in the social, right? It's digestible little bites. So, are you guys taking maybe longer form that you're doing in print on digital, and then cutting that down for social? And are you seeing that that's actually then driving back to web, or are people really just consuming in the social space? I mean, I think for for us, it's really all about you know tentpole awareness um, and the story that we're trying to tell, uh, and you know ensuring that that level of awareness is 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 omnibus across all the channels mm -hmm. that we have at our disposal. Um, you know, so for instance, um, and this is just top of mind for me, um, you know, Rolling Stone just released a really great editorial series. Um, you know, called musicians on musicians. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's some there's some really really great content in there. Um, you know, one of the interviews is Billie Eilish with Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. Uh, another is um, is Dave Grohl interviewing and speaking with Ringo Starr. Uh, another great one is is DJ Khaled and P Diddy. Um, you know, and essentially those are those are long form conversations. Um, you know, that are, you know, let's call it, you know, 2000 to 2500 words in length mm -hmm. um, that are also, um, you know, four or five minute videos. And then those four or five minute videos have also been compressed, um, you know, to 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 be watched uh, in, in a micro capacity, you know, on Facebook and on Instagram, um, you know, to as an awareness play, um, but also to ensure that we're putting our our the striking visuals that are so meaningful to us, you know, out there, whatever capacity consumers want to you know want to um you know want to see it and want to engage with it you know so for us if somebody watches you know a 30 second clip of you know billy eilish and, and billy joe armstrong um you know in a in a really really cool environment that reflects um your fucks with rolling stone is um is all about that's great for us and if they come back and read the long form uh interview uh and watch the whole video you know that's great too but we just want to ensure um you know that our brands are present in culture in all the myriad ways it manifests itself well that's great uh, question for you here, because yeah. when we talk about like the music industry, we know that, you know, social has changed the way music works, right? Like labels won't even sign somebody unless they have a certain number of followers and a certain number of views and a high level of engagement. Is that the same kind of in the media side of it? I mean, does it impact who you work with or what stories you tell based on how kind of penetrated or, or saturated or penetration they have in the social space? Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's it. Look, at that is going to that is going to influence everything. I mean, from from a from a business, uh, you know, for a business person side or executive side, um, you know, the you know the 
what's called the 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 quantified the quantified self you know the amount of you know followers and, and things of that nature that you have um you know that i haven't seen be extraordinarily um impactful but you know when you're looking for content creators um you know sure. it, it certainly is because you know content you know at the end of the day um it, you know and the value of content you know is really in my opinion the value of content, the value of a song, um, you know, might not always just be rooted in mass acceptance. You know, the value of those things is really how you as a person, uh, you know, interact with those things and, and how they move you. But from a, from a business standpoint, um, you know, you know, page views and, and view counts and video complete rates, you know, all that makes sense. Um, and so as a content creator, uh, if you have a built in following, um, you know, that can increase those metrics in a positive and beneficial way, um, you know, economically or commercially, you know, that's going to benefit you. So it's, a, it's a, and going to benefit the company that you're working for and promoting the content within. Um, so it's a virtuous circle in that way. So definitely, you know, it definitely has an impact on people's perspective on how they look at, how they look at hiring and working with folks. Absolutely. Well, eyeballs are king, right? Um, do you, yeah, exactly. how do you feel from a, a brand responsibility perspective? So if social media has kind of changed the way we consume content, do we as brands, especially say, I'm going to pick Rolling Stone as, as, as you guys put out content in the social space, do you feel a responsibility to monitor the commentary and, and see what people are saying and either correct things if they're incorrect or look at somebody even from maybe, maybe a mental health perspective, if the topic is around mental health, what's that responsibility level look like? For sure. So, I mean, I think from I think from our perspective, there is a, and I, I do feel a strong need to comment on this. There is a a wide wide gap between you know what a brand puts out on its social media channels, which is essentially you know going to be content about about you know culture creators uh, and going to be content about stories um, you know that are that are centered around those culture creators. Um, and there's a wide gap between that and, you know, what people do as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so in my mind, a lot of those things, um, you know, are not necessarily comparable. Um, there, there is, of course, you know, you, you do have to police your comment section. You have to make sure that the things you're putting out are factually correct. Um, you know, but people, you know, people do have their opinions. And those, and those platforms, whether it's Facebook or it's Instagram or it's Twitter, um, you know, they already have guidelines in place. Um, you know, that you're able to lean on in terms of in terms of the efficacy and how you look at your community uh, and make sure that, you know, what's going on from a comment perspective, um, you know, is above board. Um, but in terms of in terms of how individuals, you know, you know, act in the space and interact in the space, um, you know, social media, um, you know, it, it, it does cut both ways. Um, you know, there are there are plenty of, you know, images out there of, um you know, people, quote unquote, you know, living their best lives mm-hmm. or, you know, being being blessed up or, you know, whatever else it is. Um, and that usually involves um, the extremely blue water. You know, some people are somewhere exotic where the water is a shade of blue you don't get to normally see. I think that's um, a filter, you know, by the way. Could <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could absolutely could be a filter, but it's like, wow, that's some really blue water. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's um, you know, there's there's instances of, you know, obviously, um, you know, ex- extremely, you know, fit, 
attractive people, um, you know, having, having good times and, you know, a lot of the, some of the largest followings and, you know, and Instagram are, 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 you know, can be associated, um, you know, with, with putting up that type of content. Uh, and the only reason that I bring that up is because, you know, far from me to say, you know, what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate for a person, you know, utilizing a platform. Mm-hmm. But I think where you're, where you're going, especially when it comes to mental health, um, is essentially, you know, what, you know, what does this, what does this do to us? What does the, the constant fear of missing out um you know what's the, what's the end result of, of constantly feeling that way you know what's the end result of of constantly measuring up your lifestyle your physique um you know the the amount of money that you have um you know to these you know to to you know to, to influencers and, and and people on instagram who are who are paid to you know to flaunt those things sure. and showcase those things yeah. um and you know so i i think ultimately you know that's that's a part of how those platforms exist um but then you know on the other side of it um you do have some you know some big voices out there who do get to use the platform, um, you know, to explain, um, you know, their issues, whether it's mental health, whether it's physical health, or whether it's how physical health, um, you know, influences mental health. And, you know, those social media platforms uh, allow people who want to tell those stories um, an enormous platform to interact with culture. I mean, I think recently, you know, there's, there's, there's all sorts of, there, there's all sorts of people who get up there and, and tell those types of stories. You know, Carson Daly is a, is a guy who's talked freely about mental health and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sarah Highland is somebody who's, who's talked a lot about how, um, you know, her autoimmune disease, right, right. you know, has influenced her behavior and everything else. But I, I think one of the, the bigger ones, um, you know, of, of recent notes, um, you know, is when, when Justin Bieber, you know, sort of out of nowhere, and that guy has, however, nine figures of Instagram followers, um, you know, out of nowhere wrote this long missive about, uh, you know, what occurred to him as a, what happened to him as a, as a teenager and the things that he was going through, um, you know, waking up one day and, um, you know, being able to have everything that he wants, having everyone in the world tell him how great he is, you know, that, that leading him to abuse substances, mm-hmm. that leading him to abuse the relationships that he had in his life and being confessional about that, but also telling the story about how he, you know, dedicated himself to not being the person who he didn't want to be and dedicate himself to being the person who he wanted to be and telling everybody that story. I think that that's extremely impactful and extremely vital, um, you know, to the good that, you know, social media can accomplish. No, I agree. I mean, that was a definitely a, a positive break the internet moment, right? I think you, I, yeah. one of the reasons I love your brands is that you guys do, you, t- you know, you talked about you have 40 million people, but you guys often use your 40 million people for good. I think you tell a lot of stories around mental health. You tell a lot of stories around, you know, addiction. How do you guys kind of weight that when you're looking at an editorial perspective of kind of like, this is what people want to hear and this is what people need to hear? Well, you know, I think overall, um, you know, and again, um, you know, although I have the good the good fortune of you know being able to to work closely with, you know, the editorial teams, you know, at these brands who are who are world class and, and top notch, and it's you know it's a very exciting thing to be a part of. Um, I, you know, I I can't speak totally for you know their decisions and how they go about weighting things, but I think overall, you know, what I've seen from what I've seen from from PMC's, you know, ethics and ethos is, you know, if 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 we believe that a story is 
is um, is right and 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 correct to publish. Um, you know that we're going to go about doing that, um, and we're going to be going. We're going to go about doing that. Um, you know, I think in a in a conscientious way. Love it. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time and your insights and all the great work that all of your brands do. And I just really appreciate having you join us today. Anytime. Thanks so much for the time, Mary. Um, always here to be helpful. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, I'm pleased to bring Denise White to the show. Denise is the head of EAG Sports and has some of the biggest names in sports on her client roster. Thanks for joining us, Denise. Well, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Well, you know, we've been talking all day about social media, or we're going to talk the rest of the day about social media and the impact that it has on people. And one of the things we've been talking about is how it really impacts sports. And as a manager to athletes, how do you talk to them or how do you educate them about how to use social media the right way? Well, you know, um, it's easy to use social media the wrong way, right? <laughs> right. And and, uh, and sometimes my days are filled with um, teaching athletes how to not do it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that's just um, probably a naiveness just in general with the general public versus a celebrity or right. a high-profile athlete. But, you know, we, we try to sit down with athletes when we – get them as clients. Um, we do seminars for some of the NFL teams prior to the seasons as well and just explain to them the the way you can benefit from social media, but also being very careful that they don't succumb to the pitfalls of social media and um, making sure that they're knowledgeable in every aspect of social media. Right, right. Well, you know, you were talking about how you can use it to your benefit. And I think what people tend to forget about is as an athlete, it used to be how good were you on the field or or on the court or in the octagon or whatever. Right. And and how engaging were you? Could you show up for a sponsor event and be fairly personable? But now it's how many followers do you have? How many video likes do you get? How has it changed, especially from an endorsement and a sponsorship perspective? How has that changed? And how do you explain that to I mean, the new guys get it right. They grew up on it. But some of the people who've been in the league 10, 15 years, it's a whole new world for them. Right. It's a whole new world, and, and and some of our older guys still struggle with engaging, right? They just don't like it. They think it's intrusive. They don't want to have their lives, put, you know, put all on, on social media and around the world, and, and I get it from a, stand, from a standpoint of, of privacy, but if you're looking for those big endorsements and those big marketing opportunities these days, you have to have an online presence. Mm-hmm. You have to have a social media presence, and the larger that presence is, the more opportunities there are for you. So it's explaining to the athlete that you are now a brand, right? right? Social media has made everybody a brand. And it's up to you on whether you want to engage in that brand. And more importantly, every brand that I've worked with since social media arrived has an uh, has a social has has some form of social media presence. So if they're looking at an athlete and 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 trying to figure out, do I want athlete A or athlete B? Well, athlete A has 2 million followers and athlete Mm -hmm. B he's really well known but he only has 346,000 followers they're going to go with athlete A right Mm -hmm. so I try to explain to athletes the the higher the the visibility is on social media for you the more followers you have the more engagements you have the better it will be when we're trying to get those marketing opportunities for you because there isn't a a contract that I negotiate these days that doesn't have some form of social media aspect to it well, and it's, it's everybody's trying to sell a product, right? Like you and I actually had this conversation fairly recently in the healthcare space. We're trying to tell stories, right? And we're trying to educate. So we might be perfectly happy with the person who has 20,000 followers because their story is relevant, right? Because their their daughter had right. a heart condition or their, you know, they, they had an ACL injury. But when you are trying to sell a product, it is about those numbers. And I think that's the hardest part is you don't really get to know the person. You're really just looking at their reach. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think that because true. of sports, I think it's really interesting because, you know, if you're a music artist, you put music out there, everybody listens to it. If you're an athlete and you put a post out there, it almost makes you vulnerable, right? Because everybody knows, are, are you injured? Are you having a bad day? Hey, do you have something that makes you vulnerable? And so now I'm going to use that as your opponent on the field. Like, how is that aspect of social? Like, do they feel vulnerable when they put more things out there? I think, you know, if, if they're taught appropriately, I think the vulnerability is more of like, um, not necessarily vulnerability, but, but um, you know, when you're letting people into your lives, you, you can either be an athlete that posts all about his personal life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're the dogs, the cat, the wife, the kids, Got a new you know, car. what I'm eating for dinner or lunch. Mm-hmm. Or you can be the athlete that posts on the field, mm-hmm. at the locker room, um, on the way to the game. So, you know, there's different ways of still engaging in social media without letting people into your private life. And that's kind of what we try to teach our athletes is it's okay to not let people into your private life, but life, but yet still engage, mm-hmm. right? So people want that, and, and you're going to probably get more followers. I mean, kind of that's just kind of how social media has, yeah. has, has shown us is if you let people more into your private lives, people want to follow you. But there still is that aspect, especially for the older athletes. I know you asked earlier, like, how do you get those guys to engage? Well, we show them there's two ways to, to engage on social media. And if you're just really not sure that you want to let people into your personal life, we'll do it this way, right? Mm-hmm. We'll we'll do it more on the aspect of, you know, your professional, your professional life. So, but yet, if they're still wanting to, to, to do these things these days, excuse me, um, you, you've got to get them, you know, up to date on what's hot, what's not, mm-hmm. what social media outlets they need to be engaged in, you know, how to approach that and what their, you know, what, what the, what, what's their end goal in all of this, mm-hmm. right? For guys that don't want to do any of this stuff, it's, you know, it's, it's moot, right? Mm-hmm. But for the guys that really want those opportunities, they have to engage. How do you, I assume that they come to you and say, hey, Denise, there's this new thing called TikTok. Should I be on it? Like, how do you keep up on all the platforms and whether they should be on it and how to use it? I actually have a funny story. Um, back in the day when when Twitter first came about, I remember some of my staff members, I laugh at it now, some of my staff members came to me and I was like, absolutely not. We're not letting our guys do that. That's intrusive. <laughs> We're not having any part of it. <laughs> and then, you know, like nine Fast years forward. later, like, wow. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> because you know our first, you know our first uh, line of defense is to protect the athlete, right? right? right. So we didn't know what the, back then what social media was going to be like and how 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 much it is going to evolve in a very mm-hmm. short amount of time. So, but we do look. You know, we get lots of app people contacting us, wanting our athletes to be part of their app. Mm-hmm. And for me, until it gets to a certain degree of level of engagement with other Mm -hmm. celebrities and other athletes they don't necessarily want you know there's the general twitter facebook instagram youtube although you know youtube's a little bit different but Mm -hmm. you know where but although youtube has the most engagement right well and you can monetize it a lot easier too right absolutely so um tiktok's fairly new i tell guys look it's new let's see how it goes if, if you really don't care about, you know, posting X, Y, Z, then you're still good just doing Instagram and Twitter. Um, but it just, it's, it's really kind of gauging. Is this going to be a hit? Is it not going to be a hit? Do I want to get my athlete involved? Do I wait to see what the outcome is in the next couple months before I get them on, on one of these new apps, which is exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm always very, I'm much more cautious than I am like, let's just jump in with both feet. No, let's wait and see. I'm a wait and see type of girl um, <laughs> when it comes to our athletes. That's why you are where you are, Denise. 
Do you, well, um, you. <laughs> do you have a lot of guys who, I mean, because there's, again, there's that fine line of like, how much do I post? How much do I not post? But you want them to engage, right? They can't respond to every single person, but what's the line too on like the private messages, right? Like if somebody sends you a DM, like people are always going to hit them up. They're going to ask them for donations. They're going to ask them to show up at events, right. call, you know, sign this for my kid's birthday. But how do you help them be accessible without being too accessible? Well, I tell them to turn off their DMs. Oh, so. smart. Yeah, um, we put usually for most of our guys, we put a little line in there for, you know, engage, for engagement requests, mm-hmm. for appearances, whatever, contact us, right? Because I feel like when you have that much access to and mind you, they don't all listen to us. But when you have We've that seen the DM access, problems, Denise. We've seen I've them. seen all the DM <laughs> problems, right? That's one of our lines of when we do crisis management mm-hmm. is turn off your DMs. Right. Um because then you just, you know, it's, it's too tempting to talk to, you know, an mm-hmm. Instagram model or, mm-hmm. a, you know, guy, an investor guy who mm-hmm. wants to help you with your money. And you don't know these people. You're, mm-hmm. you're literally blindly talking to someone. And it's just like I equate it to online dating. You just really mm-hmm. don't know who you're talking to right. until you get in front of them. And even then, you know, it's like a needle in a haystack. And then once you find the needle, you hope the needle doesn't prick you. Right. So <laughs> exactly. it's, it's really... It really is. And so I'm like, before we go out on the date, let's figure out who this is before you're engaging with a complete stranger online. Because you Um, wouldn't in the street, right? If they came up to you at the store and just started talking to you and said, hey, I want to invest your money, you'd be like, man, keep it pushing, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, you so, mentioned yeah. you you mentioned crisis management, and you've you've definitely had some some talent who has taken some big negative media hits over the years. What do you do in order to help them get through those particularly hard times? Because you are the well, fixer, right? Aren't you known as the fixer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been named the fixer here and there. Um, you know, every case is different. Um, we, you know, I assess it when I first get in on it, whether it's one of our current clients or someone who's come to us for help. And, you know, it's really assessing the situation and figuring out how we're going to fix the problem. Um, I will tell you with the evolution of social media, it's a much different, um, game for me as a person to help them out of the problem. Because when we used to have media, media used to mean, oh, you've got days until this will hit the newspaper or it will hit the television. Now you have seconds, and it's usually not anything that you can help keep quiet anymore. More so it's trying to figure out how to fix it because it's already hit Mm -hmm. social media, right? Social media is really the new news line, Um, and that's where things come from. So when you're helping an athlete out of a crisis situation, and everything's different, right, from an athlete who has talked about, who has shown signs of mental illness and decides to come out with his mental illness issue, um, and, and, and which is great, you know, to be able to talk about it and bring visibility to it. Um, but these days you have to be able to assess a situation before you can do something like that. And so those guys, we sit down and, and we create a team, whether it's a legal team we need or, or a mental health team or a team in general, just to, depending on what the problem is. And, and then we assess it and, then, and go from there. But, I mean, fixing a problem like that can mean days, weeks, months, sometimes years, sure. just depending on what the problem is. Right. Well, I mean, I know you and I have both worked with athletes and their families for many, many years. Do you ever have problems stopping the moms from wanting to jump in the social thread and set the record straight or be like, stop messing <laughs> oh, with my yeah, baby? <laughs> what do all you the tell time. them? What do you tell the, the family? Because the wives are probably well, the same way, right? Uh, you know, here's the problem with families. 
God love them, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be there well before, way after I'm gone, right? Um, the problem is that sometimes families believe they know more than you and you're the professional. Mm-hmm. So it's really trying to get them to understand you've been hired for a reason and let me do my job. I promise I won't falter. I promise I will help your son, right? Right. Um, sometimes you win those battles and sometimes you lose them. Um, and, uh, and there's a current case I'm working on right now and, and the parents just don't understand PR in general, right? They mm-hmm. don't understand media. They think their son has been done wrong and they just don't get the process. And so sometimes you are, um, you know, your back is get pushed up against the wall trying to explain to people that have no knowledge of your industry, right? Mm-hmm. It's like me trying to tell you how to cut hair and I've never cut hair. I just see how it looks at the end. It looks right? easy on the outside, right? <laughs> right. It looks easy on the outside, but what you, once you get in there, you got to make sure every piece of hair, mm-hmm. strand of hair is the same length and that it's, you know, doing the way, the, doing what you want it to do <laughs> and your client's happy. So it's, it's much more difficult and there's much more behind the scenes um, things that you're, that you're handling. Um, and it's hard to explain to people that don't necessarily work in the industry. So mm-hmm. when there's a mom that wants to tweet something or a dad that's upset because his son's getting backlash in the media, it's really, you're not only trying to handle the problem, but you're also trying to handle the parents. And mm-hmm. I will say it's, it's not always easy. Right. And sometimes you're causing more chaos. Like you think the story's contained and then yeah. boom, mom jumps in. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or dad decides to go to a media outlet and do an interview. Right. <laughs> and you're like, what the freaking heck did you just right. do? Right. I- I've had that happen. Two steps and I, and steps it back. just undermines all the work that you've been doing to help the client. It really does. I mean, if parents are listening to this, please listen to the professionals right, that, are, right. that are working around your children. Cause, uh, cause we, we were hired for a reason. Yeah, you you know? have the best interest at heart, just like the parents. You absolutely. Know? Absolutely. You know, we've talked kind of a little bit about some of the negatives to it and how it's, you know, how it's kind of changed the world of sports specifically, but it has changed things for good. And I know we've worked with a lot of your clients um, to do fun things with, with Providence and Wellbeing Trust, Brandon Marshall being one of them and really working on removing the stigma of mental health and really bringing about education and, and that sort of thing. What do you think social has done as a benefit to these players? Because so many of them have charities and foundations. What, what's the, what's the value they're seeing there? Well, the value is just getting the word out, right? It, like I said, before social media existed, it took took weeks, days, and then you'd have to engage. You really have to engage with an outlet, and you're and you're really at the outlet's beck and call. And when I say outlet, like the magazine or the right, television right. show, you're at their beck and call whether they want to report about it or not. With social media, you can get things out on your own timeline and your own time, right? So if I want to promote something, it's really become a self-promoter. If I want to promote my foundation, if I want to promote mental health awareness. I don't need a magazine or a television show to help me do that. I've got social media. Mm-hmm. I've got social media to help, help you know, uh, broaden my visibility on whatever it is, whether it's mental health, my foundation, what I'm doing off the field, what I'm doing on the field, mm-hmm. what I'm doing off the court. You know, it, it's really helped athletes have a voice and be able to promote what it is that they, you know, singularly are doing to help. And whether, like I said, whether that's the mental health industry, whether that's cancer, whether that's, you know, uh, fighting breast cancer, whatever it may be, it's it's really giving them a voice that they haven't haven't always had in the past. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, thank you, Denise, for joining us today and for sharing your knowledge. We really appreciate your time. Before I let you go, though, tell people who are listening if they want to follow EAG, how do they find you? 
Well, you can find me at Denise White underscore EAG, and you can find EAG at EAG Sports. And um, you can follow myself and the company um, on Twitter. Awesome. Keep up with all those great people. Thank you so much, Denise. Thank you so much for having me, Mary. I appreciate it. Well, today I'm joined by Joe Lazan. Joe is a 25-time UFC veteran. Is that right? 25-time? Uh, I think it's 27 now. Oh. It's, it's been a lot. It doesn't matter. It's a lot of fights. Just, just, just a couple more. No biggie. No biggie. Well, we've been yeah. talking um, today with other athletes and music artists about the experience you've had and the pressures of outs- well, outside the octagon for you, specifically around social media. Um, and I really would love to kind of hear from you. How does social media impact you on a daily basis? Uh, it's not a big deal. I mean, everything is, you know, every medium of social media is a little bit different. You know, Instagram is a certain way. Twitter is a certain way. Facebook is a certain way. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't really negatively impact me at all. Like, you know, people say things don't hurt my feelings. You know, I was, you know, I kind of came up with the, the, the um, I grew up with the internet, like being a troll. Like I remember being in high school, just trolling message boards and stuff like that. So I understand when other people are doing it to me. So it, it doesn't really bother me as much. I understand some people try and get a rise and I don't get, I don't get drawn in. I don't get sucked in. So, so you don't really engage with the haters then? Do you just pretty much leave it alone? Yeah, exactly. Because the, the problem is that every, the second you start engaging with them, then they're going to, you know, they're going to push back. Like, oh, you see, you know, I, I tweeted at Joe and he responded, you know, so then it's like, okay, now they're going to, they're going to come even more and they're going to mm-hmm. come even, you know, it's going to get, they're going to up the level and just be worse and worse and worse. And they get their friends to do it. And, you know, now you're just known as someone that engages with, the, with, with, you know, trolls and all the trolls come for you, you know? So I just, I don't really acknowledge. I don't bother with them. You know, I, I see most of the stuff, but that, but me seeing them is me seeing it is not what they care about. They care about me like putting something back or saying something back. You know, so right. I just don't give them what they want. Yeah. What does a typical day in social look like for you? Like, do you post every single day? 